welcome back to the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. We're back, bitches. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. So <laughs> we thought we'd come back with a, a bang for uh, revisiting Freddy the Himbo. Uh, Freddy the show. Uh, it's like honestly, maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen for this. I, I honestly think it disag- might be. Really I disagree. Good. I don't think. Oh, it, okay, well, I, we're gonna get into it. I, I, I don't want to say it's inoffensive because that's not true. But like, we've seen really bad stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I'm saying it's Freddy, but I still every time I search this, it's like such an obscure name for a show. Yes, yeah, Freddy Mercury Freddy. comes up every time. Right. So it's F R E D D I E. That's why I went right into Freddy the Himbo as the name of the episode, season one, episode ten. It is the. Uh, not even short-lived, like, non-lived uh, Freddie French Jr. pilot project slash, like, you know, vehicle. Oh, that no! Was gonna well, be I mean, it, it did last a whole season, at least. Is that I mean, they, they, I, they didn't pull these episodes. No, I know, but I feel like this is the kind of thing where he's just such a a company player that they just shot all this at once and then they just released it anyway. Because there's no way this was got picked up even after the first episode. The, cr- I, I, the crazy thing is... That if the it had the ratings like uh, now that it had then it would still oh, be on I the bet. air. Uh, the lowest episode was like five point oh five million viewers. Can and then, you imagine? Yeah, and then like they didn't air the pilot originally like with the season. Like they aired it like May thirty first two thousand six, like after season had already dropped. And then that was like obviously like summer, so it was like three point seventy four million. But still, if it- but that's what I mean about him. I feel like he's one of those people who's just kept his head down, done the work for so long. He's taken awful parts because his agents have all these, like, backdoor deals forever. And then eventually, I guess he just decided to... No, he didn't retire or anything, but he definitely, like, stepped away, it feels yeah. like. And He's not really pursuing roles the way that he... Maybe they're just not there. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Let me double-check something real quick. Uh... Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like... So obviously this is after his episode of Friends. This is also which is where he arguably could have been reintroduced to the public again because yes. that was a huge that was a popular episode. Yeah, as so stupid as that whole that's scene prob- and, and plot yeah. was. That's the, probably what made NBC think Freddie Prinze Jr. should have a sitcom. This was also right. after like his first episode of Boston Legal as Donny Crane, son of Denny Crane. This is also very early on. We should say too. I, obviously, he did other, like, bit scenes and, and shows and stuff, but this is still of the time when big movie stars like Freddie Prince Jr. did not normally do TV. Yes. So him crossing over to TV was actually kind of like event television. Like, his guest starring role in The Friends is not, like, a little side bit, like, mm-hmm. bit for, like, a guy who's, like, up and coming. Yeah, that it, was, like, a, a major season Russian... Friends, like, celebrity It was guest a stunt star. casting. Yeah. yeah, which people forget because now he's not that big of a name anymore, but at the time it was, like, who are they gonna get to play the male nanny? Oh, it'll be Freddie Prince Jr.? And how funny, because he's that playing was, yeah, type. That was 2002, <laughs> the same year Scooby-Doo came out, so... Right, so he's, like, peak. I would say that's, like, his peak, because, honestly, not that that was, like, the greatest movie ever, although it's pretty good. Uh, it was definitely the last time that he had, like, a bankable, yeah, um, yeah. draw, I would say. Because 2004 is Scooby-Doo and then, yeah. yeah. but then it becomes just TV, which is honestly part of that original, like, curse of, like, you know, transitioning to TV, is that, like, once he did that, his career just fizzled, like, immediately. So, I mean, other people it worked better for, like, mm-hmm. honestly, speaking of, like, Boston Legal, like, literally James Spader is an example of that, or... Mm-hmm. Any of the other people who were regular guest stars on Friends that were major stars, I guess you could say. I guess most of them, honestly, he's like one of the more big stunt castings that's like, 
an actual movie star outside of maybe like Bruce Willis or something. Like I don't yeah. know who else on that I was show was say, really like was Winona, quite that big. Was Winona's guest star? Was that after the shoplifting? Yeah, that was definitely after shoplifting. So that was like uh, yeah, most of it. I think, around so, yeah, I was thinking it was part of her like rehabilitation because like that and Mr. Deeds. That's like when she yeah. is getting her career back. Right, and and like Friends, people again. Friends is now so synonymous and so kind of like washed out in some ways. Like I, you love it or hate it, people have their all, all, all their own opinions on it. Did but you did you know it hasn't aged well more? Have you heard? Oh gosh. Have you heard that point? A, a TV show didn't age well. <laughs> I've never heard of it. But it's just one of those things that's now kind of weirdly divisive. I don't think we need to like act like one Friends is the greatest show of all time, or two act like it's literally the second coming of Antichrist or something. Seriously. But, like, genuinely, Friends is one of those shows where, at the time, people, like, I mean, people don't forget. I think people do remember it being event television, but, like, it was literally, there's nothing like it. Because yeah, like, even, like, see nowadays. TV. That's what yeah, it's called. Nowadays, when you have Big Bang Theory trying to take that spot, now that it, even it's retired now, but, like, that never reached the peak of, of Friends. Nothing besides previous shows, like, MASH would technically reach the, the level of Friends. So, yeah, it's just like, him guest starring on that was yeah. huge. It was basically a movie role. I'm sure he got paid disgusting amounts of money to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I can't imagine that was an easy... Because they got also, like, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. They got, like, Christina Applegate, who were all I mean, technically into the movies at that point. I mean, Christina Applegate's kind of always been back and forth. But mm-hmm. they were both trying to do movies regularly. Yeah. But they just, Reese was, you know. Yeah, Reese was good. And I think that's just one of those shows where people, you know, went to do a, a guest spot that they wouldn't feel like they were, like, selling themselves to do TV normally. I think he also did... Like, he did other, like, TV, like you're saying, he went on to do, like, uh, Boston Legal, but he's he's done others. I feel like he was on F- Frasier or something, too? Yeah, he was one of the voice roles on Frasier, like, so he was one of the callers. He called in, right? Yeah, I, it was another one where it was, like, a huge deal. Yeah, because like, all those- Frasier was huge. All, the Frasier callers were all, like, huge stars. Right, and so it was, like, a big deal to have somebody come on Frasier as well. But, up until those, like, that scene in, in Friends, he had literally done- major motion pictures and, and listen not everybody cause we'll get into this why i'm defending him preemptively all this up uh, before we talk about the show shit because that's why i think the show was so upsetting to watch more than most we've done mm-hmm. is because i love freddie prince jr i think he's one of those people that is supremely underrated i think that his movies are not always good but he is always doing what is needed for that role like, he just knows exactly how he is on screen and was giving exactly the right performance for him. The rest of the movie might be har- horrible, might be written poorly, <laughs> might have horrible acting, whatever. But It I've might have really Jason Biggs being a- the worst. <laughs> oh, good God. But he's just, I don't, I can't really remember seeing a movie, even, like, the most, like, bizarre stuff he's done. It's always pretty good. Like, he's in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, and it's... Fine, like that movie sucks, but he's wow, wow. It does, it does. I know the you first did one's great. Is, yeah. Oh, you should. I still know you would say. I know oh, I would never. Okay, yeah, I would that never. One, I still know you did that. Summer is a mess. Line. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yes, you mean Jack Black and his roster? Oh my god. Yeah, that the, the whole point, like the linchpin of the movie being not knowing geography. But yeah, it that movie is not great, and I, I honestly think it suffers mostly from having to kill off so many main characters in the first one because they were the best part in some yeah. ways. Like I obviously think that you need a Freddie Prince Jr., but I think that you could not have had that first movie without Sarah Michelle Gellar. Exactly. Um. So so Freddie Prince Jr. Let's like talk about him before we talk about the show because the show is gonna basically be us like shitting all over mm-hmm. the concept of the show and whatever happened to it. But 
him himself, the reason why I went into this with, like, even just, like, mild expectations is because I love him. He's great. I mentioned before to you, I love him even in just, like, stupid stuff like his guest spot on Psych, which is honestly just a gag, I think. I think he's just friends with somebody who produced it or something. I'm, I, I imagine he's still friends with Dulé or something. I have no idea. Because I don't think that he just went in and auditioned for a bit part on an episode of Psych, but maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he would have. <laughs> But he's known Dulé for years, exactly, right? Yeah. Since he's all that, so I'm I'm betting that there was some kind. Of, I mean, a lot of people came and went on Psych or just like, hey, somebody that Dulé hung out with in the nineties. I mean, Rachel Lee Cook got an entire arc out of being friends with Dulé. Right? Exactly. So, like, I think that's one of those situations where, okay, maybe that was part of it. But I'm just saying, like, even in that, like, that's a kind of role where you wouldn't expect him to play so far against type, and he just does it seamlessly. For uh, Honestly, for those types of, like, procedural shows, it's not usually the case. You usually get somebody who's only done, like, a couple other procedurals. He's somebody who, like, you get handed that material, and you're like... I could watch him be, like, a recurring guest star now, even though he's only in, like, the one... It is weird like, that he was only in the one episode, uh, honestly. Right. He comes across like somebody who's now like one of the bit players, like a Woody or something on that show. But uh, yeah, so anyway, so he's he's always been great. Um, I think why I like him so much is because maybe part of it's that she's all that of it all. And the fact that like you did not usually see a ton of leading men in the 90s show vulnerability. And that was like his strong suit, I feel like. Right? Yes. Like, do you, do you I, agree. Agree? I do like, agree with that. Yes. Especially because, like, the people he was always paired against, I mean, R.I.P., uh, Paul Walker and the like, or we mentioned, like, I know either last summer, like, you know, Ryan Phillippe is the same thing, but, like, I think those two are examples of, like, he always was the kind of, like, counterbalance to, like, the actual jock. So he always is playing this character, which is kind of interesting, and I'm sure there's somebody who's done a much better deep dive into this than I can, I can do here, but I'll try. It's like he's the kind of character who's talking about being, like, led astray by toxic masculinity. And he has to, like, unpack his feelings throughout the movie about why he even does the things he does. And that happened, like, consistently across a lot of his movies growing up where he's just sort of like, why am I doing this again? Why? Because I've been, like, told I have to do this throughout my life. And then he kind of, like, goes back and then figures out why I'm doing this and kind of, like, deconstructs the reasons why he's mm-hmm. been, like, pigeonholed to be the straight all-american jock type yeah I, I mean i will link in the in the um uh show notes to the most um, like demonstrative scene that i can think of which is the him with the hacky sack and she's all that anyway i feel like you so, linked that before for the podcast by the way i probably have i mean like that scene alone it's it's dumb don't get me wrong but it honestly is the kind of thing where like in, in another actor's hands it would not even be watchable like that's the kind of thing that like, if he has to have that kind of like dude bro ambivalence to like even doing something but then once he does it he just is like very kind he's like oh i understand why you do this now he's just like Mm -hmm. it's sort of like the noah centino before noah centino existed like he has a kindness to him i agree i think we should also discuss and i guess this could segue into the show the fact that a lot of you know what you're talking about how he's like the all-american thing it's like it's kind of predicated on the fact like that he can pass for white and yes. I, one thing I appreciate about the show is that he is explicitly he Puerto has, Rican. Exactly. And I do think that that's something, obviously, he. we're not going to pretend like he didn't obviously get a huge running start from his father being Freddie Prinze. So he obviously had a huge amount of, like, 
cachet in the business for some respect. But I honestly think, even though his father was that famous, I think that him coming into it when we were younger, nobody, he was always red white, even though he has his father's last name. And I think that- Even though he's always very much identified as Puerto Rican too. Right. It's it's odd in a weird way because it's like- I honestly think if you had told somebody at the height of, like, Summer Catch that that guy's Puerto Rican, people would be like, no, he's not. Like, they wouldn't even believe you, which is weird, because it's not even like he's ever been subtle about it. It's just, I think Hollywood's just put him in roles where he had to just downplay that in general. And, I mean, obviously, you know, if you know who his father is, maybe people who are older than us knew that, but I think our generation certainly looked at him as just, like, a random straight white dude, basically. Yeah. And he does, I mean, you could do the, the, the quintessential, he does pass, I guess you could say. But obviously, now that he's older, I think that it's much more, like, if you're paying more attention, you're like, oh no, he's clearly, like, Hispanic. And he has family that looks that way, so you just might just see him with a lot of white and blonde people. You're just like, oh yeah, he kind of fits in either role kind of vibe. Although the- <laughs> It has a very similar... I would say, at the same time, it reminds me of, again, my favorite Sam Witwer story, is that when he was on Battlestar Galactica, Edward James almost t- took him to dinner... Because he thought that he was Hispanic, and he's, oh, he, had to, he had to be like, no, oh no, I'm white. Because like, oh, no, I'm white. Yeah, Sam. Because like, he wanted to like mentor Sam, and it's like, oh, oh no, I'm just a white guy. I mean, props to him for not like trying to like yeah the, the friendship anyway. I guess, but terribly really lie about that. Yeah, so. but you know, terrible people would. Yeah, I guess. Oh God, it would have caught up with him eventually, and you don't want to lie to Edward James almost. <laughs> you don't like want to lie to Eddie Jimmy. A war crime, right? But, um, it's honestly, in another, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss, like, other stuff to do with Freddy's in, in particular, but I do think that the fact that, like, I don't know how much of that plays into the fact that his role stopped coming as much when he was older, but I just, I genuinely think it's odd, because it comes in the same basic dynamic of the Mark Paul Gossler, where it's, yes. like, another guy who plays white is just, like, the standard white all-American hero, and then when he gets older and people start this, like, this, this, like, hey, it's like the, you know, BuzzFeed, like, hey, did you know these people are not actually quote-unquote white? And then they start, like, going into the history of all these people who are like, oh, they're all just passing for white. I don't think that necessarily coincides with them Mm -hmm. stopping to get roles, but I do think that, like, there's not, there's not an uncoincidence, the fact that, like... Now that it's well known, mm-hmm. and, suddenly his roles dry up. Yeah, in both cases, it's one of those things where like they've always been upfront about their like ethnicity, right. but it's just those aren't the roles they're getting anyway. And maybe it has nothing to do with it. And they're both obviously successful people. They're probably living off millions in in uh, uh, royalties and stuff. I know that Freddie Prinze Jr. is majorly uh, into the uh, weirdly again uh, talking about boy passing. He's also just like passing for jock because he's a fucking nerd. Like <laughs> I mean, more than look most at his people credits now. He's clearly a nerd. Yeah. Like he's doing like dragon age and shit. Like he's real into it. And he does like, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does like conventions and everything, but he also is very far into like star Wars. That's why his character on psych, I think was honestly basically portraying his real life, like duality. Cause if you haven't seen that episode, he basically plays, their like childhood nerdy best friend grown up to be this tough jock dude and they find out that he's still basically like <laughs> probably doesn't age as well that great either mm-hmm. closeted nerd yeah. where he literally it's a closet full of all his nerd shit <laughs> and it's just like him but he's like a rich dude who's like buying all the like high-end you know Battlestar Galactica helmets and stuff and genuinely he's the kind of person who is kind of like that like he will go to these conventions mm-hmm. and look like a, he is like a jock type body and, like, personality is kind of bro-y. We, we'll, we'll go into this episode where he's, like, a himbo. But in the meantime, he's also literally <laughs> into the nerdiest of nerdy shit. Like, 
Star Wars Rebels on TV. Which, I mean, some people are going to be like, that's not that nerdy. That's kind of standard. But it's like, you know, I just think that's like the tip of the iceberg with him. I think that's just what he happens to be playing. I've always kind of, from what I remember of him in like conventions and like fan lore, is like he's very nerdy. Like he knows his stuff. In the same way that you may not love like a Seth Green, but Seth Green's in that same vein of like very nerdy, super into the nerdy, like, you know, personality. And I feel like he goes into that same zone versus like, even like we we're talking about Dulé and stuff, like they're, they're geeky people, but Dulé is like a, a classically trained yeah. tap dancer. Yeah. I wouldn't consider him nerdy. Like he has nerdy tendencies, I mm-hmm. guess, but like he's a more quintessential like dude. Whereas I think Frapers Jr., even though he's in that same realm, is actually like a far like, you know, pocket protector, playing video games at home type of guy yeah. and the rest of its co-stars in these types of shows. Especially in this one, we'll get into Brian Austin Green. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe he's super nerdy, too. I don't know. I mean, what? I only know this I feel like we all know that once okay. Brian Austin Green had his, like, growth spurt on 90210, he started, like, shoving nerds in lockers in real life. I'm sure of it. Right? I'm sure. He just comes across in this, like, a real piece of shit. I'm sure he's lovely I, in real I mean, life. that's... I have no idea. That is supposed to be what the character is, though. Right. He's doing his... He's doing the, the, I, the work. I know his character was, like, do. garbage, but I think he did a good job as his yeah. character. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, because he's in this, and he's another... Per- I guess they tried to give him both another shot, and they both didn't work yeah. in this, because he's another person who... I mean, you take race out of it completely, he's just a random white dude, but <laughs> he also fell off yeah. majorly and didn't come back. I mean, he in quite the same yeah, way. Yeah, not definitely the same way. He had like Terminator, Sarah Connor, Chronicles, and he was great on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that one, was only there is one too. moment in this episode from Brian Austin Green, like I actually really, really liked and the uh, the drill joke, uh, the, the flautist thing. Oh, okay, that was good. Yeah, I thought it was. And like, then like drill, the follow up once he realizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty dumb. But I the, that was like actually sort of funny and that's like the, the height of the it, funniness it made sense that they would both like n- have no idea god i guess he looked it up or something i'm guessing first, he, I thought it was he was tra- probably trying to like weird. show off to, how, so, to someone in the kitchen how smart he was and they're like that's a, it's a flute it's so confusing though because they're uh, we'll get into this because the whole concept of this makes no sense but at first i thought he was trying to set him up because it's like that was such an obvious thing and then he kind of makes it like you better get out there before you see. like i was like oh he's trying to fuck with him he's like oh no but then later he, really he says that him. and he's like uh, i don't understand this <laughs> like it just it doesn't really track but whatever but okay so let's look into the show itself i feel like we did a little bit of background on freddie prince jr i just think that he's one of those people that if you thought like you would go into this and we're just looking to sh- like shit on it for no reason I tried. I really like him. I think I would have liked this show, even if it was, like, a mediocre show. This is not good. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to I have, for. like, a bomb to drop also that I found out oh, while... <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get into it when we start discussing okay. uh, Match and Hammock. Oh, God. <sighs> so, anyway, so we're talking about Freddy, the show that was his vehicle, the, the attempted reboot of his career that also failed. Um, he's now doing voice work. I mean, like, let's be real. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar has been the breadwinner for years at this point. That's fine. I'm actually... And even she's not getting what his... she deserves, by the way. Oh, of course. Well, she's never gotten what she deserves, let's be real. But for him, maybe part of what I'm talking about, about that, like, masculinity thing, is not just that he played these roles where he was okay with kind of being, like, the person who has to understand like he 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 second guesses why he was doing the things he was doing and like how much of this is like his own choice versus like 
the system he's in, which is kind of odd for any of these types of movies to, to go into at the time. So it was always funny that he was just sort of like, why am I doing this? But the other thing about it with the masculinity thing is that he did genuinely kind of take a step back and then and Sarah Michelle Gellar kept going for a long time. So that's actually pretty unique, not just in Hollywood couples, I feel like, but just in regular couples for the, the, the husband to be the lesser of the two of them. Obviously, he was probably more famous than her at his height, I guess. But it, she it was because obviously sure she had career. Buffy, so she was more TV anyway. So. Right, but she also just had way more. I mean, even if you didn't love all her shows, she's had way more steps up to the bat since then. Yeah, you know, like with Ringer and uh, uh, Crazy Ones. What and are stuff, we gonna so. do an episode of Ringer, dude? I know there's supposed to be the one with the twins on the boat. You've always wanted. I mean, to that's do. the that's the pilot. <laughs> Okay, uh, maybe that's the one. I, I, I mean, the episode I want to do is probably "What are you doing here, ho bag?" Because all the titles are based on lines of dialogue. <laughs> what are you doing here, ho bag? She's one of those people. We I wish we could cover more, but she honestly is so good in most of the things she does that we've never really had to cover her stuff. Yeah, I, there's rarely a thing that I've seen her in that she's not good in. We did like the one so so episode of Buffy, but there's so few of them that it's like, eh. yeah. And uh, we're not going to go back and do her her you know. Uh, soap opera days because so i'm sure she was basically great and got. it's also soap opera like it's right. what are you trying to criticize as a soap opera her all my children right I mean, so i think like the best we could do is is maybe eventually doing the ringer ringer i guess one of the ringers um ringer yeah, aka a simple favor but bad <sighs> simple favor and also secret lesbians though so that's good <laughs> Imagine if imagine a reboot TV show of a simple favor starring Sarah Michelle Gellar as the main. <laughs> so basically, just, she'd have to wear the make vest. Ringer good. Yes. Uh, a simple favor is so good. I d- did not like the ending, but the rest of it is perfect. Only because I wanted it to go on. <laughs> I wanted her to win. I wanted the two of them to end up together. That's why I hated that. Yes, I rooted for the wrong. Thing. <laughs> oh, but also, you have you seen the deleted scene ending? Oh no! The the flash mob? No, it's terrible. I'm glad that a flash mob. It's a flash mob proposal from Henry Golding. Why? Why? It's awful, and I'm so glad it did not happen. Jean Smart's part of it. What? She comes back just to be part of it. You're telling me they had a deleted scene and they didn't make it about her winning? Why would you not? Why would you waste a deleted scene on something other than her winning? It's so bad, and it it just keeps going, and I hate it. And people were like, it seems so good. I'm like, no, this is bad. (laughs) It's the one bad part of the movie, and it's not even in the movie. Jesus Christ. All right, well, so anyway. We cut that part out. Listen, we're going to get into a couple diversions. Some of them are going to be Sarah Michelle Gellar related. Some of them are going to be a simple favor related. Yes. But, well, Sarah Michelle Gellar is starring in the TV version of A Simple Favor. (laughs) Probably the Netflix version of A Simple Favor. Yes. Just to protect its quality. Um, yeah, we want some nudity, guys. Oh. Um, so, so, uh, so they they start to show off. I, we didn't see the pilot. We watched the tenth episode. Maybe that was a mistake. I don't care. I'm happy I mean, to watch this. Well, technically, I'll never watch it again. Well, the pilot didn't air until a month after the the series ended. What were people doing on TV in the 2000s? Like, what were they trying to do with this stuff? Like, oh, nothing's ever really working, and we're not airing pilots in order. Like. <laughs> Why are we doing this? It's like, hmm, why did not why didn't happy endings like hit and we've aired every one of the episodes out of order? Hmm. Hmm. There's no actual streamlined plot throughout an entire season of shows. No one really feels obligated to watch. Hmm. <laughs> Let's air the pilot last. Like they, they do this every time. What's the deal? 
Yeah, this is my. airing episodes out of order. A tight ten on episodic order. Oh god, but it is one of those things where I feel like it's one of those. If you discuss a canceled show, one of the things is so they aired all these episodes out of order. Uh, Oh, and people didn't watch because they were confused. Wow, I'm surprised. And there are some episodes of some shows, like, I jokingly said Happy Endings, but, like, that's a show where you really didn't need them all in order. But, honestly, there were scenes where it's, like, suddenly Dave is working in a, in a food truck, yeah. and suddenly he's it's in like, an office, and you're like, what? Learning, like, the episode where he decides to get a food truck, learning that he was apparently working, like, as a, he was a meat distributor or whatever, it's like, why, oh, what? <laughs> what happened to his food truck? And then the whole episode's him going to the food truck, you're like, but... The first three episodes were in the food truck. It was just lucky that it was smart that the episodes that did air instead were, like, really, really strong. They actually did the right thing there. But, like, again, uh, part 23 with my piece, it's like, oh, James is on Dancing with the Stars already. Oh, wait, James just got Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. What? He fucked up Dancing with the Stars? We never saw that. Oh, wait, now we're seeing it. It's bad. I don't know why a lot of shows do this too, though. I think they just think like, well, we have this one big giant like guest star, or this one big giant scene or a set piece that we really want to get to. Let's just bump it up. I've seen some like, I mean, I'm sure you know more about it, but I'm sure I've seen some like actual serious dramas do this too. And I'm like, that's even more insane. Oh yeah, what <laughs> like, is comedy it? Uh, is bad. Homicide: Life on the Streets. Uh, they aired it out of order, so a character uh death happened, but like you didn't see that. Like the character was dead, and then like. Uh, later episodes, the episode, characters <laughs> there, like, wait, what? Lord. Alright, well, <laughs> so let's get into the episode. Yet again, we're on a tangent, but this is important. And no idea if the, t- the rest of the episodes are in order, because we don't see the projection codes Exactly. Here. And so all we know is this is the 10th episode. It could have been the third, it could have been the last. It was honestly completely random. There was no lead up or lead out at all, from what I could tell. But it's basically an episode about Freddy's dating life. And I assume I, most episodes are about Freddy's dating life, though. Yeah. I, maybe it's because I I write hard for Kitchen Confidential, but I'm real Same. suspicious about, like, joking chef comedies when they're this bad, because I'm like, that show had a lot of problems, I guess you could say, but the comedy and the, you know, around revolving around a restaurant part of it never really was one of them, I think. I mean, I think it was at least... another Dave Hemmingson show, Apartment 23, and Whiskey Cavalier. He, he's, he's a funny man. Right. And so I think that, like, it suffers immediately from, I don't know, I'm not great with dates, but I feel like it's just right around when Kitchen Confidential came out, but I think a lot of shows were trying to do this kind of, like, funny chef mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's weird. 2002, maybe? 2003? I think it's early. It's definitely earlier than you would have thought. Oh, it is 2005, 2006. Yeah, same season, actually. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I know that it aired basically in order from start to finish in, like, the whole season, so it's probably, like, right before this, and that also failed. And that was a decent show. With a great cast. Very good show. So... If anything could have, like, gotten off the ground, that had, like, more than the right cast. I mean, if you haven't seen Kitchen Confidential, go run and see it. It's literally, besides, like, Creep, yeah, Downtown, that... Nicholas Brendan, the rest of them are great. And well, honestly, the even great in that role. is, like, uh, that only got 13 episodes and only four aired. After the ratings for, like, the fourth, it, uh, they cancel it. And, yeah, that, uh, that is aired after, out of order. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's still kind of work but it yeah. was still technically like a mm-hmm. that was a better mix of like yeah. 
drama and comedy, though. There was some drama to it. Yeah. Whereas this is just just be a straight comedy, and I'm just like, all I can do in my mind is compare it to that, and it's not good. The, it's always inferior every time. The last episode they aired of Kissing Confidential was the one with Michael Varsian, so obviously they were trying to pop the ratings, and it didn't pop. Although, uh, I think it was one of those ones where the world's, yep, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, because the third episode was October 3rd, and the fourth episode was December 5th, and then they canceled it after the fourth episode. Like, yeah. you did this to yourselves. I mean, I know that... That, that would have been a hit, which I'm yeah. kind of glad it wasn't, because then we get Bradley yeah. Cooper's film career directly as a result of that, but... You know what else <sighs> fell, failed tough. because of the playoffs? You know, Skin, because his father was a district attorney. <laughs> I don't think that that's the only reason I mean, that that's actually... Yeah, that's not the reason why I failed. That was actually... Also, it was during Silver the, didn't, like, outlive that show. It was during the playoffs and, like, the World Series, that, as that's when they would uh, air the promos, and that's how everyone knew, knew that his father is a district attorney. <laughs> Right, and I'm honestly glad that we didn't have to deal with the sad, like, variety updates about how Ron Silver died on set or something. Oh, no! <laughs> but, like, this is this is the kind of show where it would have benefited from a little more drama. I think that the fact that they were trying for straight comedy really suffers because it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to make jokes and it's going to be all kitchen-related, yeah. it's not even, like, a good... Like, it's kind of a weird combo of, like, his life and his kitchen with life. Actors, like, who are known for dr- yeah, actors who are known for dramatic roles, not comedy yeah. roles. Like, what were they playing And it's weird, because I guess you could say that about Kitchen Confidential, because, like, you got John Cho. Well, I mean, John Cho's funny, but, like, he's done a lot well, of no, serious John stuff. Well, no, at that point, though, John Cho had American Pie, he had done an off-center, so he was no more yeah, for comedy at funny. that point. Uh, Bre- but I think, like, Bonnie Somerville, Jamie King, John Francis Daly, Frank Langella... Nicholas I mean, Brendan even. I was, like, like, they're all serious yeah. people. Uh, Bonnie had done Friends at this point, though. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like she's one of those people that could go either way. Jamie, like, she, she oh, I guess, yeah, she was probably, yeah, Jamie was still, like, just, like, it was still early in her acting career, too, though. So there was really nothing, like, as far as, like, what her style of acting was. She was still pretty early in acting for modeling, John Preston's Daily, this was, like, his first, like, big thing post-Freaks and Geeks. Nicholas, obviously. And Bradley. They're all relatively serious character actors, though. Like, you get, like, maybe a Sam Pancake. That's, like, the closest you get to a full-on just, like, joking person. Straight up. And Aaron Hayes, obviously. Yeah. But, like, so, anyway. So, like, I think this show was, like, very, very similar in many ways to that one. Or, like, a similar type show. Even Kitchen Confidential was coming off of all of these, like... I I don't know what the actual... I wish I could figure that... I could probably go back and figure it out with some, like, research. But I feel like there was a movie that hit around this time that why these all... All these shows started going, like, immediately. Uh... Because there was a major rush on, like, chef comedies. Which sounds so stupid. Obviously, there was Bourdain's book, but, uh... Yeah. Hold on. But I think it might have been just, like, the No Reservations or something like that. Like, the, the, uh, not the No Reservations, the show. I wanted no to say it was because of, Jones. I want to say it was because of Waiting, but Waiting literally premiered a month after Kitchen Confidential, was also with John Francis Daly. I want to look up, like, chef comedy. It's not stupid. That's the stupidest fucking thing I had to look up. But, I mean, obviously, like, you have, like... Winters wasn't, like, a big deal, so that's not, that wouldn't have been... No, it was, like, around... But it is genuinely, like, you have Ratatouille right after this. No Reservations is the year after this. Julia Julia is the year after this. And maybe it's, like, honestly, as far back as Chocolat. I mean, that's that seems, like, kind of wild, because that's 2000. But, like, I genuinely think that there was, like, a weird uptick in, like, chef-related 
vehicles. It, it might be just like this is when it, peak Top Chef was going maybe. on. It might have just been people were like, wow, Bourdain's book is wild. We really got to make yeah. this a, a thing. But it was like, I mean, this show, What are, if you said to me, what is Fire Prince Jr. going to be in the show? I would never have guessed Chef. He, I thought, like, of course it's going to be like, I don't even know, like sports columnist I, or something stupid like that. I wonder if, like, legit, if Freddie Prince Jr. is, like, a, a cook, like, he cooks at home. Because he is also, like, a, an aspiring chef in Down to You. That's the whole thing. Because, right. uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing? My, my brain's uh, broken right now. Hold on one second. Down to you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Henry Winkler plays his dad. So yeah, again, passing for for very white, uh, although oh, yeah. Jewish, also play passed for Italian. So who even knows what like what they're supposed to be in Down to You? But, yeah, his dad's like that's like the funniest thing about it. I really think if we went back and looked at all his dads in movies. It would be just like a such a shock. Like he just it's just such weird people they've cast like as who's his it, father every time. Who's his dad in Summer Catch? Probably like the like. The whitest of the white, probably. We should find this out. I need to know. What's his name in... It's Sila, right? So it's... I'm trying to look in... She's All That, too. His dad's super white in that. He's like a nobody, but he's like a... Oh, no, his dad is somebody and She's All That. Is he? Yeah. Oh, it's Matheson! Yeah, of course. Matheson. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super white. <laughs> super white. This is great. I want to do all... Before we get into it, <laughs> let's just do one last tangent. I feel like this is super, super useful to understand what we were talking about earlier with the whitewashing, because it's one thing to say, like, he's whitewashed. It's different to say, like, his father was Tim Matheson and his wa- his mother was, like, a random white lady, because you know that they weren't casting any good women We even roles. see his mom and <laughs> she's all that? No. I think she's there. Let me see who she- Let me give you who it is. But she's like a nobody from what I remember. I mean, his, like his sister Sadler. is Anna Paquin. Paquin. <laughs> they give the daughters the decent roles, but his mother is a Patricia Charbonneau. I don't even know who that is. Just some random French actress, I think. No, Long Island, but, you know, she's just a character actress. And I know no ill will to her. It's just literally they just like, they'll throw a major character actor dude with the, as the father and then just like a nobody with the, the mother. Oh, in fucking all his... Jason Gedrick plays his dad in Summer Catch. Jason Gedrick? You would you you, you would know him if you saw him. All these character actors. Oh God. Yeah. Was it Boomtown? Is that yeah what it was? yeah? And Dexter? Yeah yeah yeah. I've seen this guy before. Yeah. I mean, like they're just random people. I don't even know if he has a dad in Boys and Girls though. So we're yeah, it's, it's all it's all hole. at college, so it doesn't. Yeah, you don't see his parents. But yeah, of his movies from that, I mean, a lot of them do have, like, you know, demanding fathers who are disappointed in his life choices, as I described. But, uh, yeah, he's, it's, the fact that, like, Henry Winkler played his father is hilarious. Amazing. Honestly, that's bad casting, just like, uh, if he was a white dude. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like Henry Winkler. He's, like, gotta be, like, a foot taller than Henry Winkler. I don't understand what was going on in the 90s. People were just trying everything. They were also, just stunt casting Henry Winkler in every one of these House of Yes, he plays Parker Posey's brother. Yeah. This is this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is what's happening here. All right. Um, Which also, by the way, sense. he plays her uh, brother, Parker Posey's brother. Do you know who plays young Parker Posey in the movie? The House of Yes? Oh, yes, I do. I can't think of it, but I know it's somebody big. It's Rachel Lee Cook? Yes, of course. <laughs> Creepy. Amazing. <laughs> oh, God. It just shows you the disparity in age. But he was pretty, I don't know. I, At least Fred Prince also, Jr. kind of played the right age-ish. I know it's canceled, but it was a Miramax film because so many of Freddie's movies were Miramax films. Like, She's All That was yeah. Miramax. 
Like, Miramax, like, in that era, like, did a lot of the teen movies. They were going hard in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously but yeah. canceled, so but yes, that's I'm just making clear what happened. Oh, jeez. Um, and we <laughs> we can't do it for this show, but his amazing turn in head over heels. <laughs> God damn it. Oh god. I don't think he has a father in that either. He's just like, well, some dude he's just, like uh, living the, in the, the city. The spy, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you know, some normal dude living in the that movie that movie <sighs> man. Alright, so all right, tangents aside, let's get into this. Honestly, part of these tangents are when we start talking about this show, there's not a lot to talk about. It's, like, honestly a plot of maybe five minutes, so we're going to speed through things. So, we, as we mentioned, it's a, a chef comedy starring Freddy as the chef, Freddy Moreno. Mm-hmm. Um, even right there, his last name is Moreno, which, uh, you see, it sounds funny. We were just mentioning all these other names, like Ryan Walker, Jim Winston, Ryan Dunn. Freddie Marino is like an actual like Hispanic name, so it's nice. It's actually his actual name, Freddie. So um, he is playing like a kind of like up and coming chef. I don't he has his really own know if they're up and coming. Chef. Yeah, I think it. So the context I got from the show, because again, the Wikipedia doesn't have much, is that right. he and Brian Austin Green's character Chris they own the restaurant because right. they do say they definitely own they, it. I they think. wonder she's a uh, Matthew Adams character wonders why Chris is like at the bar considering he's not a bartender and it's like oh the bartender quit so he's just filling in right which to me is not the kind of thing you'd have somebody randomly do unless you have the ability to choose to do that and so he's either literally the manager like like brian austin is the manager like general manager and freddie is the head chef or they just own it together so either way they're basically in charge of the restaurant I, as, as far as you can i say. also assume own just because later when you see like his uh, chris's apartment and like he's playing with the vr it's like he probably has like a disposable income because like right yeah, it is literally they're, their they're restaurant rich people yeah. yeah and if they don't own it they're definitely getting paid well because they're they're general manager and head chef of a fancy restaurant yeah. that serves filet mignon at lunch so <laughs> they're doing okay and honestly the bigger thing to me is like if they do have a silent investor it's kind of not relevant because they could still be you know well paid by that person so th- we'll get into the logistics of how this like weird classism shit starts halfway through but like it's stupid because he's also a, like a, you can't we'll get into it I, I i'm so annoyed with it trying to act like what a schlubby job being head chef of a major restaurant right <laughs> all right so we mentioned before he's he's a head chef the introduction we get is kind of just what you're talking about it's um uh they're talking about work the stuff. Se- the series, well, the episode begins with a, with a joke about harassment. Yeah, a joke about sexual harassment, <laughs> which, holy shit. You'd love to see it. 2005, so it's basically- or 2006, yeah, to the beginning of 2006. Yeah. And this is also a great, in, I think, a good idea about how their their jobs relate to each other versus, and also, like, what they do with this restaurant, because Freddie is coming up to Brian Austin Green, and, um telling him about what they've done, he, what his, like, his his deliverables have been that day. So he's sold this many uh, shrimp. He's almost out of this, this, and this. He's giving him a very, like, rundown of, like, how their day has been, which to me comes across as the kind of thing where he's, like, talking about inventory, which is the kind of thing that a head chef slash owner would talk about his co-owner yeah. manager with. Like, not something they're just employees there. Exactly. So basically they're talking about, like, well, tomorrow is going to be a big day. We're going to do this and that. He's, he's running off this list of, like, what they've sold so far today. And Brian Austin Green is like, oh, yeah, and I hugged the new wait. We got a new waitress. He's like, I hugged the new waitress. The real. Which is... That's the first joke of the episode. Wow, guys. (laughs) And also a great introduction to Brian Austin Green as a capital C creep. So, basically just, like, groping new employees. 
And he's, like, the owner. So it's not not that it's any... It's not better to be, like, the other employee, but it's, like, especially creepy because he literally is her boss. So, yikes. But, so, they're basically the two, you know, up front talking about stuff, like, running their mouths. His sister is also there, and we'll get into that later. There's also this other floating female colleague that we're going to now discuss her entire backstory on another tangent. <laughs> In Magic, she's great. We we've talked about her before. She's shown up in a lot of random things we've done, including a lot of uh, what do you call which is which is a beast end. But, um, what was going on here? <laughs> what is she doing? Um, so we don't know what her character is. Yeah. So uh, thing- she talks to him like a female colleague, and then later she's in his home serving his grandmother. She is drinks. apparently staying with him. Uh, question mark question mark and the sister question mark question but, mark so <laughs> like when i looked up freddie i'm like uh nbc show and you know when it's always uh, like the little synopsis on the right of google and who everybody yeah. is yeah so when it's it's talking about uh freddie's like oh you know freddie surrounded by women it's like uh four women to every one man are great odds when you're a single guy out in the town but not ideal when it comes to your living situation freddie moreno is a young successful chef at a trendy chicago restaurant who lives in a stylish bachelor pad that is until it's invaded by female relatives. His sister-in-law. What? She's his. Who? Who is she married to? That's like. Does he have a brother? So it has to be Sophia's wife. But it's not. I mean, like, I in wish. a modern I sitcom. Wish. So, so let's let's. We'll, because we'll it's his jump sister. Well, a little bit and talk about it's this, his right? sister-in-law, sister, complete with teenage daughter and grandmother. We obviously know the sister, and we know the teenage daughter, and we know the grandmother. So, Magic Epic has to be his sister-in-law. But I do love. I love that they tiptoe into the. He's named Freddie Moreno. He's obviously Puerto Rican, but we cannot call her abuela. <laughs> we're we're, cro- we're we're do- we're not we're stopping at grandma. They all call her grandma, even when they're speaking to her in Spanish. Right? Like this makes no sense. Not that, I mean, you can call your Spanish grandma, grandma, but it's just, it's so weird to hear them switch from speaking fluent, like, Spanish, and then just say grandma. <laughs> it just makes no sense. But whatever, it's just how it is. And you get, so you get her in the, so also, like, she's introduced to him, she comes up to where he and uh, Brian Austin Green are talking, and she's just, like, bantering back and forth with him, and she's just like, sometimes I feel like I don't contribute anything, and he goes back to her sometimes which is a really rude thing to say to somebody so immediately i'm like are they just like frenemies or something I'm like that's really rude or like god forbid that's like his fiance or something or his girlfriend I, question mark? because i would have imagined and i still imagine like they're probably the will they won't they relationship of the show but if he, yeah. she's his sister-in-law if she's his sister-in-law and also like on a weirder level too inappropriate if she was just a genuine employee which i was like not clear that she wasn't yet either i guess oh. she kind of is oh wow so this is a, was originally in the um the wikipedia is not anymore but i found it from google oh wait no it is in the wikipedia but it's in the pilot that didn't air until the end oh, it explains who she is the character is allison she's having a breakdown after the death of freddie's brother joe that's what the hell that's why she's living with them yeah so also he's gonna fall in love with his uh, dead brother. You wife. would never know that his brother has just died. Yeah. Also, why would you not air that episode first? Because you don't know who this character is. I know we're on episode ten, but this the pilot didn't air until a month after the series ended. 
So everyone's just like chippy, chip, 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 hooray. And then it goes to the pilot and it airs and it's like, also my brother died. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, you're all psychos. Yeah. That's crazy. But I want to know, who, you said in your notes you wrote possibilities of who she could have been. Okay. So my thoughts were, okay, so we we're talking, we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit here because we talked about her, in her introduction. His sister is introduced in the next breath. We can kind of mention that now and then we'll just jump forward about all the other women in the in the house maybe because there's a one scene with them. It's utterly useless so we can just talk about it now instead of later so his sister is also sitting there she's a quote-unquote doctor or med student or something it's not really super clear yeah maybe it's in the in the synopsis it's more clear i don't know Uh, like she's yeah what does it say about his sister Mm, what does it say about her (laughs) she also lives there though right they're all living there for some reason i can't imagine that she's like a doctor doctor yet i'm guessing she she got a divorce Oh my god. This is like a, a a turbulent time for this family and they're all just like smiles and, and witty banter. It's just weird. Oh god. But so his sister's there sitting like, you know, eating lunch or whatever. I guess with her, we'll get into the, the dean of her medical school. So she's clearly like younger than, but she's older later. She's older. Oh, it's so unclear. It's all really weird. We can't pin down an age or a, an occupation on any one of them, I swear <laughs> to god. But so, she is basically, like, his older sister who is still in med school. So maybe she went to undergrad. She's now just finishing up med school. She's there with the dean of medical, like, the dean of students or something. And she's, we'll get into her. She's an idiot for a lot of things. But, like, she is his sister. So she's in the latter scene living there as well. She's, like, doing homework or something. Like, she's in the kitchen, like, reading a book and, like, writing. So I guess she's doing some type of, like you know, charts. Even though I feel like at that point in med school, you're just, like, doing rotations. You're not, like, at home, like, studying, like, biology still. Maybe. Also, I, don't, I don't know. By the way, the dean is played by Serena Scott Thomas, uh, sister of <sighs> Kristen Scott Thomas. Wild. And Gwendolyn Post of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame. The fact that that's Gwendolyn Post, when I realized that, I literally, like, wanted to walk into the ocean. <laughs> like, like, she's playing Gwendolyn it like Post would she's... Never. Right, and she's playing it like she's like fucking what's her name? Oh, not Jane Fonda, the one that oh the one Jane that did... Seymour in Wedding Crashers. Jane Seymour, you knew exactly where I was. I going knew exactly with that. where like, you're going. She's playing like the Jane Seymour scenes from um, Wedding Crashers. How I Met Your Mother oh, or Wedding Crashers? Right. Any one of them, anything she's done in the last ten years, basically. <laughs> it's just like Jane Seymour is sexed up and ready to go. It's just like, or like, what's the other one? Isn't there... Oh, it's... Oh, my God. Isn't it Jane Seymour again? Oh, my God. Don't tell me it's Jane Seymour. You know, it might be somebody different. In Psych. We're going back to Psych again. Oh, it's not... It's not her. It's not. And I know who you're talking about. It's the other one who's just like her, though. Yeah. She's another British character actress or something. I don't remember. But it's just a lot of, like, intellectuals who, like, are older and, like, posh. And then, like, you turn around and you're talking to a wall and you turn back and they're wearing a bustier and you can see their all their tits and it's like whoa <laughs> it's just like very yes, aggressive because, uh, in this, 2005 people learned about cougars yes this, this is honestly as stupid as that sentence is this is the year that we learned about cougars but it's just genuinely like oh cougars are a thing it's the same way that people start talking about dad bods and like one year after that everyone was like let me, like, submit my pilot to ABC about dad bod. Oh, yes. So, um, this is, like, year of the cougar. Also, for Psych, the actress's name is Amanda Pays. Uh, most recently, she's uh, Dr. McGee on The Flash. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she's great. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't begrudge her or Jane Seymour getting their their checks cashed. It's just a very distinctive vibe this woman's going with, and it's it overwhelming. You, you, you know it's it just, when you see it. <laughs> yes, and it was just basically like middle-aged woman with a foreign accent who clearly is not used to, it looks like she's not used to wearing a um cardigan mm-hmm. because she's used to wearing bustiers <laughs> and it's like only like a quick blink it. will be it'll be weird science and she's wearing a bustier and you're like what but honestly there are scenes that are genuinely like, right out of weird science like i i joke because that movie is hilarious and the show is even more hilarious but i think that's one of those things oh, that, we, like, we've got to do an episode of weird science Oh, it's excellent. It's so good. I love that show. But, so, that's one of those things where, like, I, I know that it was all for, like, the, the male gaze and stupidity, but there is something so hilarious to, like, men talking to the the bureau in their bedroom while a woman gets ready in the other room and they turn around and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she's so hot. But, like, that is, this is, this is that, like, trope of just harping way more aggressive later on in the what episode. what was happening in 2005. Yeah, and it's funny because it's just like you saw it the minute she's introduced to like this whole concept. I'm like, well, obviously they're gonna fuck because there's no way she'd be cast if they weren't immediately gonna have sex. There were certain scenes where I started writing notes about what was gonna happen <laughs> before it happened because I'm like, obviously that's about to happen, and it did. Mora has the sights. Because I would like pause it and do like voice notes where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he tries to be intelligent, but they end up fucking anyway. <laughs> Un- and then unpause, and they start fucking, I'm like, see? <laughs> Alright, so let's get back to the woman. So so we have the sister, who's the, the med student, I think. Yeah. I genuinely, from what I know of med school, which is entirely anecdotal from friends and uh, <laughs> based off of scrubs and TV shows from the 2000s, <laughs> I think they're supposed to be in rotations at this point, and they have, like, lectures, but they don't have... Like, the, she literally looks like she like, came home she with, like, science homework. more like it's a weird. research scientist than an actual yeah. doctor, right? Because she does a lot of that condescending, like, she's she's uh, pioneering a new medical device that does this, that, and the other, and saves blah, 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 and it's just very, you know, maybe she's just a doctor, but I think that you're right in the sense that she might be going into, like, medical, research, you yeah. know, research areas or something like that, like, grant grand research funded stuff. But so she's in the she's in there she's in the mix that's the sister. There's also I I guess it's not her daughter. I assumed it was her daughter originally, but I guess it's not. Oh, no. It's just this other. The, the, the girl is her daughter. Yeah. Okay, it is her daughter, yeah, which uh, makes more sense than her being matched in Amex. Yeah, daughter, but yeah, this is her daughter. Question mark. By, we don't yeah, really know though. Is, it could be is, her. Yeah, this is her daughter, uh, played by Chloe Bridges of uh, the yeah. Carrie Diaries, uh, Pretty Little Liars fame, uh, Donna Ladonna yeah. of Carrie Diaries. I can't remember. She's an odd although going for this. by her actual like uh, surname, Chloe Suazo, yeah, she she American it up for later in her yeah. career. She's she's an odd choice though because I think that you could have gotten a little bit more like a funny kid. I mean, in the other episode, she's yeah, like she that. she's barely she had one honest, scene. Though. Yeah, and so she's basically like the uh, what do you call it? Very demanding niece, like very you know involved and like needy or whatever. I don't know. She seems fine, but like in this in this scene, she's very like she has nothing to do. Basically, she's just there. To, she like, almost gets to drink alcohol. And, right. So he comes, he, well, we're jumping ahead, but we'll talk about that. Probably. So we have her, then there's the grandmom, who is not an abuela. She's just like this grandmom. Only speaks, only speaks Spanish, right? Yeah, and it just says grandma as a character. Like, yeah, I love it so much. and I don't think she even, I think she speaks only Spanish. I yeah, don't remember yeah, yeah. saying anything in English. But so basically, she's there as his, like, 
domineering, like she's overwhelming in the background speaking Spanish, even in scenes that have nothing to do with her. She just shows up at one point and just starts speaking Spanish a lot. And he's like, well, oh, I think it's the, the intro. Like, I, I got a lot of my background from that awful Jesus credit sequence. Christ. That was... <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh. But, like, I, I thought, I'm like, why does she come across as domineering? I'm like, oh, it's because in that she's just, like, rambling off words. That we can't even hear. So she's there, and then we have Madge and Amic show up. And I swear to God, when Madge and Amic at their house, I was like, wait, what? Because honestly, I mentioned Kitchen Confidential before. I was basing a lot of my thoughts on her off of Bonnie Somerville. So I was like, wait, why is she in his own home with his family? <laughs> why is she making so them like, drinks? Yeah, and she's making them drinks. So she said earlier about Which, the whole, like, why am I not the bartender? She is. Okay. She's family. Like, she's through marriage, but, like, she's living there and, like, they're all so they must be banding together. The job yeah. there, like they're all like banding together after you know her husband, like husband their died. blood relative died. Like that's not how you don't, cast to be. But her, they don't interact her, like their family. No, even though they, no, they don't. She comes across like a complete stranger, and she does not act like a widow. Not that you need to act a certain way after grief or some bullshit, but like she's just coming across like woo. I'm just a flighty. She's matching Emma. Yeah. Like she's she's doing her bits, but like. You wouldn't expect her to be a recent widow. It makes no sense. And you would not have picked up on that if you had nothing yeah. to tell at first. Well, wow. here I can tell you why I, like, I lost my shit. And, like, uh, you will too. So, I didn't realize until... Honestly, until I Googled it. Because I didn't realize it watching this episode. That, uh, when... Remember, Freddie Prince Jr. was in two episodes of Witches of East End. They had a Freddie right. reunion. Because they were, like, a pair on the show. Oh, is that, like, just for fun I think they did that? Yeah. I that they were, like casting him at that point but he just does like guest spots on shows of friends he likes yeah that's what he does she, yeah it? like this is what i'm talking about i think he's basically retired interviews like yeah we've been we've still been close friends since then and then she, uh, Madison was also on ringer because because uh, yeah she's friends with sarah right too. i was gonna say that if we ever do ringer she's gonna be on the pilot that you're talking about so so yeah but that was supposed to be like yeah. a fun freddie reunion not that i would have known at the time and Madison is the kind of thing where like I didn't love her in this, but she's just doing the same thing she does normally, and she's great. Like, she, she's also probably been on Psych at some point, I think. Oh, yeah, but, she like, has. She's, uh, in the Twin Peaks episode? N- no, I don't think she Yeah, she, she, yeah she might have been on the show before that, actually. Weird, because they couldn't bring her back. But they brought a lot of people back on the Twin Peaks one, where it was like, let's just, like, wink and then put, uh, what's his name in there? Uh, yeah, she's in the, the Ray, Indiana Jones episode. Seen. Yeah, that's what I thought. But maybe she's, like, mentioned or something? I don't know. I feel like that's the episode where they just threw everybody in there, like, not even pretending. Like, Ray Wise. Like, why, why right. Ray Wise <laughs> as, a, as a priest in, in the middle of Twin Peaks. All right, so, Twin Dual Spires, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he, he's, like, friends with her, shows up on, on Wishes of East End. She's friends with him, shows up on Ringer. I, I think that he's retired. I think that he's not seeking parts in the he, same way that he, he used to. He just does, like, voice roles now. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't want to tell you his business, because I could be completely wrong, but I just don't think these are the kind of things he's auditioning yeah. for. I think they're offer-only parts yeah. that he's friends with. His roles in, like, yeah, um, spots for, like, friend shows. Which, again, is a very mysterious, but, like, interesting choice of his. Not that I think he made the choice to quote-unquote retire, but I think he's okay with it at this point. Hell, he probably has like, a mountain of money from, like, the TNT reruns of Seal that alone that he could just he was live his rest of his life on. a major star. He probably enjoys the privacy now. Yeah, right? Like, oh god. I, I can imagine being a Hollywood starlet who married Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar at the height yeah. of their fame. Yeah, th- like, wanting to just get the fuck away He was away a heartthrob. Like, he was probably spotlight. stalked. Honestly. 
Yeah. And I think people forget, like, we were mentioning, like, oh, it was his heyday. I'm like, he's kind of, like, quote-unquote a nobody now. Like, he's, a, like, a kind of retired dude. But I think, like, people might just not remember. Okay, sure, he wasn't in, like, the best of movies. But, like, his movies were huge. And rewatchable to the point where, like, they're still, like... I honestly think you watched them more than you watched good movies of that era because that's what they could afford to buy on like cable so you end up watching like reruns of like she's all that for the 50th time on tnt on like a thursday which is i honestly think why matthew lillard has continued to also show up on like shows when you think people like him would also retire at some point but people watch these shows and just matthew lillard's career has has been interesting because he's been like doing more critically acclaimed stuff now too he like yeah he moved into like serious character actor role pretty well he's so good he's one of my favorite actors <laughs> such an underrated actor people think of him as only a like a goofball but i mean yeah like the last act of scream is what he is doing is insane but he's amazing <laughs> that's my favorite movie of all time I mean, so I, i'm gonna know, go hard you know for i love scream time. you know i love all of that that is literally like so that's them imagine amic shows up randomly in the mix with no explanation at all she's just at home so uh, ostensibly I, I imagine also because they moved the pilot you would never know who she is really right i assume so they didn't talk I'm... about it in any episode it's weird and so even if she's an employee it's also like really weird but it's another example of like him talking about how she does nothing at work and she's still employed there definitely hints at the fact that she's some type of like live in something mm-hmm. because she just he threw her a job which i don't think you could but do you wouldn't just, like, know she's in chef. mourning which right. is insane because he literally just threw her a job and so anyway so my my notes are basically like who is she because <laughs> i was just like uh, completely flummoxed by her whole so yeah, she shows up on a train, and I'm I'm sitting there in in what is the Grand Central Station? Like, oh. oh no! <laughs> so, now I imagine is it Penn? If her character in Gossip Girl had actually ended up being Gossip Girl. God, <sighs> but so she played so, one of Nate's cougars. Ew, one of one of <laughs> Jesus, good lord! All right, Chase Crawford. All right, so um. So he he shows up with her there. I'm thinking, okay, in a modern show, is it the sister's wife? Like, I, she's there in the kitchen. This is her, like, trophy wife. Mm-hmm. And she's going for her law degree or med, med degree or whatever. Okay, maybe she's just living there, cool, both there together. But nowadays, it's just too unrealistic that two lesbians would be shown in a completely normal situation like that. So I was like, couldn't be her. Then I was like, girlfriend? Like, literally just like, you know, they're... they're dating and then the daughter was like some I thought the daughter could have been Freddy's to be honest with you I wasn't sure and th- I thought that they were just together and living there not married yet no also unclear <laughs> and then I thought just a roommate but then I'm like the further in the episode you get it's very clear that he's a well off chef it's not that he's just a chef so I'm like why would they need a roommate it's not like a how about your mother situation where you have married people or like dating people with a roommate and the grandmom's there so I'm like that's even weirder that they'd have a roommate if they have a grandmom in the mix, because she's probably going to be the person who takes that room. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, right, in Chicago, like a five-bedroom house, what is this? <laughs> so then I'm like, is it just a friend who's just hanging out? Because that's kind of what Brian Austin Green does later, but then even then it's like, uh, she kind of like shits on him in such a way that I'm like, they wouldn't be friends unless they knew each other, it seems like. Like, they don't come across as the type of people who, like, became friends and then hung up together. Yeah. It's very clear that she and him have some type of, like, 
forced friendship that they just have to have gotten they, they give each other shit because they don't want to be friends if that makes yeah. sense so i almost thought like it could be his sister but i'm like he's freddie moreno they're openly like having this this grandma speak in spanish i don't think that we're gonna ever buy imagine amic as his sister but we talked before about Anna Paquin being his sister, so <laughs> maybe? And then it's never mentioned. So I thought maybe Brian Austin Green's wife? It's like, yeah, but does... then he talks to her awful. Yeah. It's like, does he have something to do with her? No? Right. <laughs> and then midway through the episode, he starts fucking this, this, this doctor. So I'm like, there's no way. Or, I mean, pretty early on. But, like, he starts fucking this doctor. I'm like, it can't be his girlfriend or, or significant other either. Because he's openly fucking this other woman <laughs> in front of her. So, I, and then, honestly, even though you told me what she is, I'm still not sure. <laughs> this does not come across. I 100% believe it. Because we've never seen the brother. We've never even heard of the brother. They never make mention of the brother, them growing up with the brother. So maybe the brother's the oldest and the other sister's be the middle? That might make more sense. That. Because they talk to Freddy like he's like this little, like, baby or something, mm-hmm. you know? That makes sense, I guess. It's very strange. Yeah, Freddie's so probably like, definitely the child, like the baby of the family. Well, because when they revealed that the other sister's his older sister, it made no sense and to me. She looks it, clearly like she's younger than him. It also makes sense, though, character-wise, if she's the, the middle child. Yeah, because she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> um, sorry, is that too much? Okay. Jesus. Um, no, we're good. My middle sister will literally never hear this. <laughs> the, because that's what bitch. middle children do. Don't listen to podcasts. God. So, uh... So, so, th- so that's like the family dynamic. I feel like we we just discussed. I discussed a lot of it, but there's still like no actual information. Sorry if that's confusing because it's incredibly confusing. We're we're to trying watch. to suss it out. It's not working. It didn't help to jump in on the tenth episode, but I don't think it would have helped to, to jump in on the first one in air order either. So, <laughs> who are these people? Maybe we made the no same idea. mistake. So anyway, so let's get back to the actual plot, which is again all of like three minutes, and it's mostly us probably like quoting jokes that were horrible because it's honestly just Freddie bags a cougar. So he is talking to this the sister who's sitting out with her her dean. Basically, she's I guess supposed to be kind of like a star student or like you know. I just picture it like Christina Yang or something where she's just trying to like do her best to become like the head of whatever department she's in in the med school. So she's like whining and dining her dean. But this made me really confused because why would you take your dean to a free lunch at the restaurant your brother owns if you're trying to impress her? To me, you'd take her to a fancy restaurant and then... Because she can't, she know, can't afford to take her to a fancy restaurant. That's not one she can go for free. Which makes sense, but uh, it just, the whole situation was very strange until you find out that she's there basically, like, uh, interviewing or, like, testing out what the restaurant would be like if they host a fundraiser there for the school. And she, like, signs Freddie up for it. I don't think Freddie even knew about it until they start talking. So it's very unprofessional, but he's just like, sure, you can have it whenever. Like, that's not how this would work. I mean, doesn't You'd have to, like, have an events coordinator or something? I mean, they own it, we've decided, so. Yes. I guess they could just close the restaurant down a day. Like, that's normal. <laughs> no one has reservations for that day. <laughs> uh, whatever. So, if this is a high-end restaurant, I feel like that would not go over well. Even in, like, a small town where I'm from. So, okay. But, so, she she's like, yeah, I'm going to host a fundraiser here. Is that all right? And he's like, yeah. And um, the, also the, de- the dean of medicine, the, the one that we're talking about, who's basically the Jane Seymour look like, is very... Um, immediately kind of abrasive as well like they're both just bunch, they're kind of jerks the two I of mean, them she, because she's they're just, you know she's british 
I guess, but she says, she makes this weird green card joke about, like, yeah, if I had taken out my, my Dean, it would be because I needed a green card. I needed to stay here for another couple of weeks or something. Like, it was very weird for her to say to, like, someone who's ostensibly her student. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's clearly like, not professional. Yeah. I mean, no, I know, I know. Completely. She should never have slept with him either. It's a complete conflict of interest. Yeah. Like, she's the dean of students, and that's her student. Let me fuck your brother. Who's helping me, like, host an event? Like, that's also unprofessional for him. They're like, both she's bad. She's your client. They're both bad. Just wait till after her. Just wait till after the event, and then do what this. What? Impulse control? Patience? Oh, Jesus. They have, him and his sister have such a weird relationship, too. We'll get to this, because it's the entire concept of this entire, like, flirtation is him trying to screw with his sister, which is a very weird relationship. There was some weird tension between those two. Right? It's basically like a... It's not, not to continue the digressions into Sarah Michelle Keller territory, but it's a very Sebastian and Catherine. <laughs> it's a bad version of that. Right? It's a very Valmont situation. But so, anyway, so... Uh, for those of you not, not what I'm saying, I can't, I'm not even going to explain it. Just Google Valmont and you'll figure it out. Who, who doesn't know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm embarrassed to know you. (laughs) Um, so anyway, so they're, they're basically just like one-upping each other, even when he's trying to like help her out. They're, they don't know how to be friendly to each other. He's just like, sure, I could do that. You jerk. Like they're just busting each other's balls. They end up just talking about him, like fucking her Dean a lot, which is weird. It's very weird. It's incredibly weird. I, it's one of those things, like, I know that there are people, I guess, in my in my life that I've met that have a very friendly relationship with their brother and sister, and I would say I do. I've gone to, to movies and, and concerts and vacations with just my family or just my siblings. I just, no one, no one discusses things like this in my friends. It's like, stop talking about your penis to your Brother sister. and sister talking about, like, your latest, like, lay and, like, how many times you had sex. Ugh. Like, it's so creepy. It's so <sighs> terrible. I hate it. I think you need some boundaries, man. <laughs> you need to talk to a therapist. <laughs> but so, Freddie's, like, flirting with her in her accent and, like, you know, making jokes about... Accent. I'm not even, I'm not even making it sound stupid. That's exactly, he says, like, whoa, this is, Yeah, accent. he goes on it, like, he has, like, it's a disgusting. stand-up bit about an accent. Like, why is Freddie Prinze like, Jr. I wouldn't mind doing... you giving me some bad news. God. Why is Freddie Prinze Jr. doing a stand-up bit? <laughs> and so he proceeds, which I honestly don't think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, like, I don't think that somebody who speaks fluent Spanish is going to be that impressed by an accent, but I guess he is. It's <laughs> so stupid. Why is so he such he's an idiot? Right, like, he hears someone with an accent every day, but he's somehow, like, it's the first time he's heard one he comes across, and he's like, tell me some business, he's I was, like, ready for him to be like, tell me I have cancer, and I was like, whoa. Like, that's the kind of joke I want. I want, like, I'm sorry bits. Like, this is what I'm, I'm waiting for this. But so she's like, you know, he, he's, he's like, wow, your accent's beautiful. He's like, you could say anything to me and I wouldn't mind, even if it's bad medical news. He's like, tell me something terrible. And she's like, you know, the test results came back or something like that. And he's like, ooh, I don't mind. It's just stupid. It's just dumb, like, sitcom banter that's not even that good, but the audience is eating it up, quote unquote audience. <laughs> the laugh track is going, Ooh. You don't believe Freddie had a, was a, was filmed in front of a live studio audience? <laughs> I would base my entire month's salary. I, I, <laughs> I mean, don't know. these these shows they get you to, to laugh at the worst things. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I because there has been some wild shit I've heard of that is filmed for a live studio audience. I should backtrack. But yeah, come on. Like, it, I think Freddie was just in front of a live studio. That'd be very sad if it weren't. 
But it's, the hype is so in, ex- you would think that he was literally doing like crushing sets like it was like the second hour of Delirious. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is just like, <laughs> like every five seconds they're just losing their minds. But so he flirts with her in the accent. Immediately the sister's like, no, this needs to end. Which honestly, as much as she was being kind of a little like bratty towards him. Agreed. She's not wrong. Like, <laughs> and she's this. like, stop flirting with my Dean, you creep. And he's like, no, I, I want to flirt with her. But then the sister takes it to this place where she wants to like one up him. And she's like, you can't talk to her. She's way out of your league. And he's like, what do you mean league? And I'm also at home like, what do you mean league? But also, <laughs> he's the head chef of a major restaurant in downtown Chicago. Also, she seems to think that smart people like sex. I, right. I or like dumb stuff. I'm like, some of the smartest people, like quote unquote book smartest people I've ever met, like the stupidest shit. They watch Big Bang Theory, for God's <laughs> sakes. Like, You're going to keep piling on. I don't care. I watched Big Bang Theory. I I also took that out. But I'm just saying, like, people who are quote-unquote intellectuals, sure, they could talk about things that they like a lot. Like, you can have some people in your life that talk a lot about, like, the Philharmonic or something. Fine. But you cannot tell me those same people would not be able to have chit-chat. And also, or like, in, most of the- enjoy sex idiot. If that's all you, if right, all, if exactly. all you think your brother is, like, why have wouldn't you she want to sleep Anatomy? with him? Like, I guess Grey's Anatomy wasn't on at this point, but I'm sure ER was, and there was plenty of fucking on that show too. And General Hospital has been going on forever, and nobody's smart on that show. So, but so like the doctors, quote unquote, being all these, we'll get to this like the fuddy duddies. I don't really buy it because all he would need to do is direct it towards food, and he'd kill it like he just didn't do that and on a better show he'd 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 suffer from not being able to direct the conversation to food enough mm-hmm. but i mean like there's a there's a reason why like in the, in the brooklyn 99 episode where they do the same thing where they're trying to like class it up with all the, the snooty people people who do well someone like charles boyle is a foodie and he can easily have conversations with somebody there who knows food or condescend to them because they don't like, if you want to fit in in that crowd, quote-unquote, and, like, be hoity-toity, you can talk a lot about, like, the latest up-and-coming, you know, micro-brews and this and that. And he talks about, like, the Napa years, or the best Napa year this year for, for uh, wine harvests and stuff. Like, vintages and stuff. That's actually, for what I've understood, pretty intellectual. And people who, even who are, like, the smartest people would probably be like, wow, that's very interesting for you to talk about your, your history of learning how to be a chef. Like, that's not a small profession. I don't think it's shitty to think any profession small, but it's especially stupid for her to act like being a head chef slash potentially owner of a restaurant that young is something to, like, turn your nose up at. Yeah. He had to have gone to culinary school, right? Like, that's not easy to do either. And honestly, to also go on to do, like, a good, like, be head chef somewhere is also not an easy task either, especially if they're doing well. Like, it's one thing if you showed him as, like, a short order cook and he felt real out of place about it. Like, the joke I mentioned about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that they're a bunch of cops. Like, okay, that makes more sense because they're actually very different personality types. Uh, a dude who, who's head chef of a restaurant, he must deal with, like, rich people all the time. Yeah. He's serving filet mignon for lunch. Mm-hmm. He must deal with, like, snobs, especially all the time. And he grew up with you, who's going to medical school, so you've obviously always been this way. Mm-hmm. And he's, she, he describes her doing, like, clarinet lessons growing up. So, like, I think that, like... It, the whole concept of this whole bit they're yelling at each other about is her saying you're she's out of your league and him being like you know uh, insecure about his his intelligence 
doesn't track because the rest of the episode shows that he is very intelligent about his job, but he's just an idiot about trying to discuss current events. And also, I like, have never the been dummy into like is like Brightus and Green's character is dumb. Like right. he is fine. Right. That makes sense. It would have made more sense if it had been Brian Austin Green being invited and he had to, like, figure out a way to get him to be up to snuff. Yeah. But, like, I'm not saying that I've been to, like, quite the soiree that they, th- they throw, but I've been to several, like, you know, like, educational fundraisers or whatever you want to call it. So, like, some type of event or something where you have to talk to people who are definitely, like, academics. And I've never had a conversation with them that is, like, truly about, like, global warming. Like, no one talks about this. I mean, maybe they do with these, like high-end fundraisers, but if you turn the conversation to, like, the latest episode of Succession, I guarantee you're gonna, like, someone will bite and they'll be like, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, people have common interests that are not just, like, local news and, like, public radio. Like, it's just weird. The whole concept is very... Uh, it's very out out of date. Maybe this is something that would, like, made more sense in the 2000s, but to me, it just is a very old-fashioned idea yeah. that you could just be stuck out of your... having to read the newspaper to get current events. I was like, what? Prince is dead! But, uh, good lord. So, so he, he flirts with her, and he's like, you know... He, uh, arguably, the, the part where he is, proves himself the stupidest is when he's trying to claim, like, he's not an idiot, and in order to prove that he could could date her he just immediately like sleeps with her which is not what she's saying at all but he took it to mean like you're at, she's out of your league you couldn't sleep with her she, he means she eventually tries to like spin it but i think at first he interprets it just to mean like you could never bag her he like bags her within like a minute basically like they barely even finish talking and they're back at her place having sex that's realistic because he's freddie prince jr in the 2000s i think that makes a lot of sense even nowadays Purpose Jr. is not a bad-looking guy. He's a head chef of a restaurant. He's much younger than her, too, I think. Like, she's, like, a cougar, like we're saying, so... Why would she turn him down if she's single? You know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> why can't his sister comprehend this? Right! Like, it's, his sister has eyes. It's like, listen, you don't have to be attracted to him. But you can acknowledge the fact that, like, clearly he's an attractive guy who's well-off. Why would she turn down... At least even a date with him, let alone sleeping with him. Like, it's it's stupid. Unless unless he's not her type, but it, clearly they hit it off. So it's like, yeah, of course she might say yes to a date. And she does, and they sleep together. So anyway, so the sister later on is, like, floored by this. Like, offended by the whole concept. But we'll get into that in a minute, because they basically go back for back for the rest of the episode about this. In the meantime, he's sort of just, like, talking to Brian Austin Green. Like, you know, can you believe that? Like, you know, I couldn't believe that she thinks I'm not that smart. And he's like, well, you know, we're not, he kind of at least knows his own, like compared to the sister, he kind of knows more that he's not also that smart. He's like, well, yeah. And then he's, she, she tries to downplay it. The sister continues to like shit on him before, this is before they actually go and sleep together. The, the, uh, the cougar and him, he talks to the sister and she's like, you know, you're, you're, you're an idiot because like, you're talking about like you're someone on her league. You ran around your apartment when TRL played your request. <laughs> he ran around his and apartment. Then uh, what was it like shirtless? Without shirtless. I, Which honestly, I would have done the same. Fine. That's like a fun. <laughs> yeah, like and Brian Austin Green makes a great point. He's like, in his defense, they put you on hold for hours, and it's true because if you watch TRL, this is actually a very good, <laughs> solid, already probably at this point out of date joke, but whatever. But TRL would like have someone show up on, on like who'd been on hold and was like why did you request this video and then they just suddenly midway through the episode pop on and they're like I requested this because it's me and my best friend's favorite Woo! so like he would have been on hold <laughs> yeah Woo! 
and the whole audience goes, Wah! but like, honestly, he probably would have been on hold for like two hours, so I can see why he'd be excited once it played. That's what it was like in the ni- in the 2090s, guys. This is our, this is our lives. It, was, uh, it honestly was. I was like on hold for TRL. I honestly was on hold for TRL before in my life, and it never got through, but I called, and I definitely called the box and waited until... Whether or not my my uh, video got played, never at my own house because we couldn't afford the box. <laughs> As a child, my family would have seen that phone bill and been like, "You paid ninety nine cents to play Umbop again? <laughs> how, how dare you?" But yeah, so this is like that was like her like real like slam slam on him is like, "Haha, you like TRL," which again was a majorly popular show, and she just comes across like a real prick the whole time. But he hits on her twice when she comes back for her glasses, and like I said before, they immediately have sex. Um, it is stupid, though, because he does... It, it, but he has a game, though, because as much as he's, like, an idiot about it... It's you, really you dumb. You can feel yourself... Yeah, but you can feel yourself being charmed by him, because basically, like, if you're interested in Freddie Prince Jr., he'll allow you to be interested in him. Like, he's very vulnerable, like we were saying before. Like, he's... He's more than willing to make the first move. And some guys, obviously, that's, like, part of their shtick. But, like, for him, it's a very direct move. And it's very, like, she could easily have been, like, haha, funny joke, bye. But it's, like, because she's, like, yeah, I'm down for this. It's, like, he just, he, he's, like, a very calm, like, throws out the hook. And then she bites immediately. He would have been happy to just sit there and let it, like, sit all day. But he just will always throw it out. You know what I mean? So he says, uh... I have a medical question for you. And she's like, what's that? He's like, when I smile, there are these little creases that appear on the corners of my mouth. Oh, God. She's like, oh, those are dimples. This motherfucker. And he's like, oh, dimples. Do they require bed rest? And there's like a long look between the two of them and it cuts to them in bed, which is so stupid. But I could see that working. He's very much like the kind of person who will say something like that and then allow you to, to turn him down. But like... If you're into it, he'll he's game to be stupid and, and be forthright, basically. He's okay with looking dumb if he makes a, a, a stupid line like that and it, it, it fails. It's like what all the guys in movies learn to do eventually. He's just doing it the first time. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, being confident and basically just, like, being okay with falling on your face. He's just, like... I'm gonna say I like you. Even if you don't like me, I'll be honest about it. It's the whole plot of She's All That is he's someone who can do that and most people can't. So he tries to help other people learn how to do that. Anyway, so he he says, like, I think even when they're having sex, he has, like, some terrible line where he's like, I, you know, I'm normally afraid of the doctors. And he's he says to her, like, you know, normally I'm afraid of going to the doctors. And she's like, oh, well, you deserve a lollipop for being brave. Ah. Uh. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting. It's so vile. And then, then we meet everybody in the house. This is the same scene before we were talking about with everybody. The grandmother speaking Spanish. Um, he he's there, like obviously frazzled that everybody's there, but you still don't really understand the living situation. So you're just kind of like shrug. But the sis the sister is in the kitchen studying while Madison Amick is. We mentioned before she claimed like she doesn't feel she feels like she doesn't do anything. So she was trying to learn how to make drinks. Yeah. Her version of making drinks is she made a Shirley Temple and then, like, a full mixed drink. She hands it to the little niece who's, like, 12 or something. And then the grandmom. And the grandmom's like, oh, there's no alcohol in this. And the little, thank God the little girl didn't actually sip it. But she just, like, smelled it. And she's like, it smells like your breath. <laughs> Which is a very dark joke. Because, like, I guess she's a widow. She's probably <laughs> drinking all the time. But she's so sad. Her right. husband is dead. 
But so basically, she's trying to clearly imagine that looks like a, a walking functional alcoholic, and she's like, "Oh, whoops!" and she sw- swaps them around, and like literally, that's the entire plot of that B plot. That's the only other plot besides the, the having sex. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's it. Technically, the fundraiser, but it's part of the same plot. So <laughs> that's it. That's but the only she, other thing going on this episode. Again, I, so, I do love Denise going, I almost drank alcohol. And Fred being like, what the hell? Oh, I do have the thing, too. I forgot I have one more note about what her, what her, um, her, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, family tree would yeah. be. Because I'm like, she calls her grandma, then period cousin? Because <laughs> I was like, well, if she's calling her grandma, she obviously considers her to be her grandma in some way. Unless they, like, were raised together. I was like, oh, whatever. So I was like, cousin? Question mark. <laughs> I was no further, no closer to the truth. Uh, yes. Anyway, then he goes into the kitchen and proceeds to brag to his sister about sex for, like, five minutes. That's, like, the entire plot of the episode, practically. It's just him talking about railing her boss, which is really, really creepy. Like, literally goes into detail, I think. Like, we, we had sex four times or something, right? Or it's, like, weird. Yeah. Or maybe he only tells Brian Austin Green that. He definitely mentions it, like, it's a lot. Yeah. And we we had a great time and blah blah. You didn't think I could land her, and he's like, "Well, oh, she thinks she's lying, which is creepy." And then she makes another creepy joke, which is again two thousands kind of joke. Did you put something in her drink? Yeah, which like, I was like yikes! It's like very casual. Did you put something in her drink? Which is like, no. Why are we saying this? That's insane. One, why would you think that's something that he would do? Why and is two, this like a, such a? Well, why are you are, saying it so casually? Is every episode of this rapey is the question. Again, yeah, the first joke was sexual harassment. God, it like it was honestly like they cut to him saying a joke and it was sexual harassment. So um, he's b- busy bragging. She still didn't believe him at first. Like literally, she says, "Did you drug her?" Which is disgusting. And then he he shows that he stole her gas bill as proof that he was in her house. So obviously, he must have screwed her while he was there. I'm like, there are many ways you could get someone's gas bill without going into that. I've proven he's whatever. not that smart. Right. But then he also, I guess, in the same way, you're supposed to think, like, he's not that smart. He's like, I'm, don't worry, I'm going to pay it. I'm like, you're going to pay her gas bill? Mean, That's so much weirder than just it. dropping it back off. Yeah, but, like, just go back to her house one day and drop it off under her door, and then she'll think she dropped it or something. Or, like, leave it in her mailbox. Like, paying for it? She's going to see on her receipt. Like, what the fuck? Who's this person paying my gas bill? That's so much weirder. It would be so weird to, like, review your account history and be like, who paid my gas bill? And then if you did find out it was him, because you could probably call and ask who paid this, I would be so fucking freaked out if someone paid my gas bill for me out of the blue. And without even mentioning it, like, we're not in a serious relationship. It's just weird. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> but that's just, like, one of those funny jokes he makes, so I guess he's gonna do it. But also, he clearly is doing well enough to just randomly pay gas bills. They aren't cheap. Like, that's not somebody who's not doing well. <laughs> Like, a gas bill could be quarterly. It could be, like, a couple hundred bucks. He's got money. He owns a restaurant. He Just to prove a point, he's willing to pay, like, 200 bucks for someone's gas bill? Like, come on. But so then, anyway, so he goes back again, tries to talk about, like, current events, basically. Like, he, he, the sister gets him, like, um, insecure again about his thought. He, he starts to second guess himself again because he thinks that he was doing well before, but then... Um, the sister talked, you know, I mentioned before, like, she says, like, well, yeah, you, she might, she's just, you're her himbo, like, you're saying, like, she's a sex, a sex idiot, like, you are just somebody there for her to bang. Seriously, what is it, and this I'm sister's like, problem? 
And I, part of me is like, end? Like, what, what's wrong with that? She never said that. She said you could not, you're not out of her league. Clearly, he's in her league. He's sleeping with her. Question answered. You know what honestly. I mean? And then it becomes like, well, yeah, well, you're just a himbo, which is, the, again, we went, that's the title of the episode. It's just Freddy the himbo. So she's trying to claim, like, okay, well, yeah, you might have slept with her, but you're an idiot. It's just the Joey Tribbiani thing where it's like, okay, sure, he has different interests, but, like, at the end of the day, he's not, a, like, a, a schlub. Like, he's doing well enough that she could probably even settle down with him. I don't even think that she's against that. Like, we never get this impression that she's embarrassed by him. It's only the sister. For all you know, she's looking to just, like, lock something young down and then sleep with him forever, and that's it. They yeah. can absolutely have a relationship. What's wrong with yeah, that? Has, like, you don't have to be in a relationship with a genius. There's no actual conflict between the two of them. She has no problem with him, like, not being, like, a genius or even, like, someone she can talk to. There is no definition right. of this relationship, honestly, besides what it is. I mean, she is very eager for the sex, I guess you could say, but I feel like she, she would go out on a date with him if he asked yeah. her. It's just that he happens to show up at her house a lot, and so then she's just like, well, while you're here, let's yeah, there's no point where, Which is, like, understandable. It's Freddie Prince Jr. No point like, where he sure. says, like, oh, I just want you for your body, or, like, I'm not interested in you other way. Right. There's no, like, moment where you're, like, right. over here saying, oh, you know, he's good for a fun time or something. So there's no real conflict besides what the sister is making up. And guess what? Even if she did say that, fucking more power to her. Like, he he went into the relationship for the sex. He wasn't looking for a long, like, long-term situation either, from what yeah. I can tell. She's, like, a random older woman who's, like, someone he met in passing at a restaurant. Like, why is he suddenly like, well, where are we gonna connect or not? I'm like, well, what's this? That wasn't part of this. You were just trying to sleep with her. You made a joke about your dimples and then got in bed an hour later. Like, this is not a like, very complicated relationship. <laughs> But he starts to second-guess everything, and now he wants to try and prove that he could also date her. But guess what? When he also, like, set, like walks up to her at the party and, like, sits down like he's dating her, she kisses him and she introduces him. She's not embarrassed by him at all. So it's all in their heads, and it's all, like, his own stupid game. But then we get this stupid game, oh my god, <laughs> where he figures out through Brian Austin Green... Oh, yes. Brian Austin Green's good idea, things. as it's described in the synopsis. Yeah, he can memorize things if they're in recipe format, which is honestly not a- that's actually a pretty decent idea. Like, okay, fine. That's kind of stupid, but, like, if he's really good at memorizing recipes, if he puts, like, current events in the form of recipes, he memorizes them. What's stupid is, when he repeats them back, he has to say them back like the recipes. Yes. (laughs) Guys, it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, like- at one point, he literally discusses the news like of, like, global warming where he's talks about, a dash like, of- you take in a dash of uh, greenhouse gases, a pinch of, and it's, like, the stupidest thing. It's not even how a recipe will be written. A recipe will be, like, grams. <laughs> well, don't say, like, two and, like, tablespoons of greenhouse right, like, gas. <laughs> it's so stupid. It would, it's not like he's, he's giving actual, like... I don't know, like stir in the wet ingredients and you get you get global warming. Like it's not how an actual the recipe thing is, would it be. works at first when it's just like a little colloquialism he does the mm-hmm. one time, but then he keeps doing and it and it stops working. And it's not realistic because like someone who memorizes recipes doesn't have to repeat them back as a recipe. They just do the actions. So he shouldn't have to repeat it back verbatim how he memorized it. And honestly, instead he should do a global right. warming. And honestly, if he's able to memorize recipes, he's probably going to be able to memorize of current events like memorize a paragraph from the new york times 
it's not good, but like again, why are we, one one? It's a decent like memory tool that Brian Austin Green gives him, but like at the end of the day, he should just direct it to food stuff. And then when they start talking about restaurants, he'll know all the other chefs and look like a real like you know bigwig. Like he's the type of person who could easily like I just every other chef thing I've ever seen, even like we mentioned Kitchen Confidential, which with the late great Tony Bourdain was somebody who was very unassuming as a chef, but still knew his shit. Like, he's somebody who's, like, very, like, you know, could, like, throw back a cold, like, cold one and hang out with anybody, but still knew, like, the ups and downs of French cuisine and, like, Michelin stars and rankings and what went into a foie gras and, like, stuff like that. Like, not that I'm saying you have to be some kind of a genius to be a chef. I just think, like, acting like there's no intellectualism to chef stuff is just stupid. It's not realistic. It's not honest. And even if there wasn't, even if he's just some, like, schlubby guy who's just trying to, like, literally reenact the scenes from John Favreau's chef, you could just be a dude who's just, like, opening up a food truck and do well. Like, that's still a pretty good job. I mean, if you're, like, running your own business and you're running your own restaurant and you didn't even go to culinary school, that's even more impressive. It means you really know your shit. So, like, he's gonna know recipes. Like, you can't work in a restaurant and not know how to cook well, even if you don't go to culinary school. So the idea that he has nothing to offer for this conversation is just not realistic. And I continue to be amazed that they think it has to be only about literally global, global warming. Like also, I love how they're making jokes about global warming. I still consider the best joke of the episode when they're, he's going through it with Brian Austin Green and he, he wants to know what, what a flout is. Yeah. He just, he, he quotes something from the New York times he says, like, or not New York Times, like, the, the local paper, probably like Chicago Tribune or something, he's like, yeah, local flautist uh, was injured or something after she, like, tripped over her flout. It's like, it was like, it was, it's like the, the, cell, uh, the cellist and the flautist. It's like, okay, what's a flout? And they both are like, flout. It's like, come on. Come on. They would know what that is, but I guess they don't. I don't, I actually don't think so. Like, <sighs> it took me a long time to learn what a flout is. <laughs> I'm just a band it's geek over so, here, I guess. I don't it, know. Yeah, exactly. I was never in band. I, I had no... There was no reason I would have known it for the longest but time. But I mean, like, context yeah. clues. Like, I don't think you would be the kind of person to be like, what's a flautist? You'd just be like, I don't know what oh, no, exactly No, I'm not an is. idiot. That's what I mean. But they are. But I mean, like, if I mention it in relation to a... a I don't know, like, another uh, music, musical instrument, you can kind of guess, like, it's a musical instrument. And if it's flout, it's flute. But even then, like... I could see them, like, saying flout. Why isn't it flutist? That's what I've always wanted to know. Why is it flutist? <laughs> but, like, I, I... Answer me. <laughs> I don't know. But, like... See? Um... You don't know everything either. <laughs> no. But, so, I think what's funny to me is that instead of, like, dis- discussing things in the sense of, like, maybe mistaking the word flout and, like, the, the joke being, like, you misused a word, it's, like, he doesn't even know what the word is. Like, that, to me, is a little unrealistic. Because, like, he could get context clues mm-hmm. and know that it's about music based off of the paragraph I mean, he read. do you buy them as context clues people? Yes, but, I mean, like, he's able to memorize, like, specific stuff about, but, like, yeah. a global warming and greenhouse mm-hmm. gases. Like, he's not a complete idiot. It's just... Yeah. It's just, it's not. He just, he learns differently, obviously, but, but that's not something they're going to go down the path of discussing oh, it. God. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, the whole, I like the whole part, part of that joke where it's like, well, once he's like, well, you're the, the, the flout or whatever, and then he's like, you're going to do great, and he, and Brian Austin Green legitimately thinks he's going to do great, and then a couple beats later, he comes up to him and whispers, it's, it's flute. It's pronounced flute. Yeah, so he, yeah, earlier he says like, he says it in a sense where I, like I mentioned to you before, I thought he was actually just, like, fucking with him because he basically says, like, uh, he's like, 
yeah, I'm talking about this, blah, blah, It's like a flout has gotten in trouble because she got into a fight with the, the oboe player about the flout. And they're both like, yeah, you better get out there quick because you don't want to lose this just memorized information. But And you think, like, in another show, he'd be, like, trying to set him up to get, like, caught out as being an idiot. But it... Although it, w- it wouldn't make sense... When we see it's like, why would he sabotage? Right, him like it would have. We'll see. I thought we were. I, we only see like two scenes or three scenes of Brian Austin Green. He's a real idiot and creep the whole time. So I'm like, maybe he's just an asshole. I don't know. <laughs> he is groping employees. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she, so she, he's groping employees and losing at and virtual, virtual reality, reality headsets. Boxing. That's the most modern part of this show is a VR headset being in it. I was like, wow, this is way ahead of its time. Because it went away for years, and, they and that's back. how you know he has to be the owner of the restaurant because he must. Because be that's actually like a really modern-looking version of like a, it's like an Oculus or something. I don't think it was the actual Oculus, but it was definitely like nice. So like the fact that he even had that must have cost ten grand. Honestly, like back then that was an expensive piece of piece of machinery. So I don't I don't buy this whole like they're both idiots. Like you can be dumb and rich, but like. I just don't buy that you wouldn't even know how to say fl- flout and flute, but whatever. Saying a rich idiot to not keep saying things he doesn't know? What are you talking I know, about? I need, to, I need to stop. All right, so so anyway, so he, but anyway, he's not sabotaging him. He's like, go, best of luck, and then pushes him off to go, which is fine. But so, um, so the two of them are like psyching each other out. There is another joke there where he says something like, Freddie Prince Jr. comes up very amicably and just is like, all right, I've been memorizing this forever. Drill me. And then Brian Austin Green, there's like a silence and he looks over and he's like, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's an oddly modern joke, but it just is like, that's it. And they, they move over it immediately. They don't even like laugh at it or there's no like audience reaction. It's like there's subtlety. And I almost wonder if that was like an impressive. Episode. It comes across so subtle and it's just so quick. And I'm like, that's actually relatively funny. And it's not like the joke is like literally like, fuck me, bro. It's literally just like, he says it in a way, it's not even meant to be, like, a joke. He just says it, drill me, very honestly. And then he just, like, you're not, he honestly says it in a way where he's, like, bro, like, not now. I'm not your type. I'm not, like, he doesn't say it in a gross way. He just says, like, whoa. Like, Dude, you gotta Yeah, like, this. he's, like, calm down. We're, we're work. <laughs> like, it was actually very honest and, like, realistic friendship-wise where you go, like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's not just like a piling on of gay jokes, jokes, exactly. Which, which I kind of like. I'm like, oh well, this com- this this is so incongruous to the rest of the comedy on the show. It immediately jumped out at me, like, whoa. But um, so anyway, so they're they're like psyching each other up. So he goes out, he does his like memorization thing. I mentioned that he he starts quoting things in actual recipe format. It works the first time because he just says it in this awful like you know, you take a dash of greenhouse gases and moa and you, it becomes global warming. <laughs> And then the minutes, <laughs> even the, the quote though he gives is not very good. But then like he, a little bit of pushback he gets where like the sister tries to say something and then he, he responds to it. And then this other doctor who they introduced him to says something like, I don't agree with this. Yeah. His, his sister basically kind of tries to help him out with like, maybe stop pushing this because it's, it's not going to work out for you. You keep doing this. Bit. Yeah. And they, so uh, we also forgot, I forgot to mention earlier cause I kind of breezed over it, but he tries it out the first time with just the, the doctor or the Dean where he just says like, the deficit. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, it's as dumb as that. He walks into the room and he's like, it's the same like weird science scene that I was talking about earlier where he's talking and then she, you turn around and she's like almost like half naked and just like ready to go. And he's just like, but what about the deficit? 
She's like, oh, you want to talk about that? And honestly, she's so nice. She sits down and pats the, pats the side. She actually does. And then starts talking about the deficit with him for like five minutes. It's very sweet in a weird way. And maybe she's not like, being like they should end up together. Yeah. Of course, you know, you'll never see her oh, again. But I'm like, no, they should have ended up. But together. she's not even condescending. She's just like, yeah, what about the deficit? And he's like, oh, it's getting real hot or something. And she's like, well, really, the past couple years, it has been overspending. So it's actually getting lower. But it wasn't like a really rude that she could have been like, what are you talking about? It's like she's very like, well, what you think you're saying is this, but it's actually pretty okay, and it's very nice and not rude in the way the sister is trying to act like she's gonna be, so instead of dropping it, he continues it again. So, like, she's now at this, like, fundraiser and I think a little bit less interested in seeing him, like, fail, but he does, she doesn't stop. The sister actually stops him this time, like you're saying. She comes in and says, I would try and pump the brakes on this argument, because you don't know what you're talking about. And he, like, doubles down in the most horrifying way. I- <sighs> I honestly don't even understand what went on there because it, he he just starts rambling. It's like he he's short circuit. Yeah, and he just like starts talking about like pigeons fucking parrots. <laughs> oh yeah, the dirty birds. <laughs> the dirty birds is how he describes them, as in avian flu is caused by that. <laughs> yes, he, it doesn't make the sense. Bird flu. I don't, how did he get to, to pigeons fucking? Someone discussed. Uh, educational research grants, and that's where all the money should but be going. But he wanted to talk about bird, bird flu. Well, he, they oh, were talking about that, he, and he starts talking about, like, how it doesn't matter about this, because yeah. we're gonna die. Yeah, he's talking about the government, and how, like, how, basically, we pay our tax dollars, so we should trust them, which I'm like, oh no. It's, it's a <laughs> wild, it's a wild take. But the thing is, everyone in that party acts like... Wow, I can't believe he's doubling down on, like, let's trust the government. Which is honestly pretty rad that they're all like, fuck the government. A bunch of doctors are like, fuck the government. But but what's even funnier is that, like, why are they so shocked? They have to encounter people that are, like, weird, like, capitalist, like, trust the government, big government people. Like, it's not that unrealistic that you'd run into somebody with that kind of a point of view. So the fact that they're all, like, shitting on him right away, I'm like... They're actually going hard at him for no reason. Like, it's kind of inappropriate for him to, like, challenge him on his, his opinions that way in public. Because <laughs> if you come into something that you're like, oh, I think the government should take care of it, you kind of are like, ooh, well, I know where you stand. I'm not going to poke that bear because it's going to be a bunch of, like, you know, uh, blah, yeah. blah, like, they'd pay our taxes. Nothing, blah, blah, blah. nothing you want to go down the road Yeah, a lot of America and stuff like that. So I'm like, I don't want to yeah. deal with you. <laughs> so it was actually more odd to me that the guy was like, what do you mean? As black guys, like, oh no, you should know better. Don't, 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 don't try to figure this. Don't try to figure this man out. Right, but see, he's just like, wait, I don't trust the government. That's the last thing I want. It was something like that. He said something radical. I was like, what? <laughs> Wasn't it? It was like that's the last thing. Yes. What is the government paying for all my stuff? I was like, whoa. <laughs> Fucking like anti-capitalist Freddy. <laughs> like. Well, like, <laughs> oh man, but like, um, they were about to start a revolution at that fundraiser. Yeah, Lad Freddy, Lad Freddy is taking it to the man. So, <laughs> so, so while the dude's like talking about like fuck the fuck the government, basically, but he says it in like a more a progressive way. But he does say it in a very but like that's way. what he's saying. He's like, I don't want They're the government really just... to take care of uh, climate change. I think we should be important. We have to act up and do it. Like think globally, act locally is what he's trying to say and freddie's like no <laughs> it's part of- as we all know you can't trust the government to do anything about climate honestly change. he's ready you were so wrong <laughs> what's so 
funny is that Freddie then like doubles down and it's just like, well, he just starts out by saying like, well, they say like, you think that the government's going to take care of global, what does he say? It's something about global warming and they talk about taxes and he's like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about it though because the government will handle it. And they're like, what? The government's not going to handle global warming. Which is insane. Which is, it's it's especially like dark to watch this now in 2019. (laughs) Like the government has done so much worse shit. To do a global warming, we're out of the Paris Agreement. Freddie, you have no idiot. idea what's coming, Freddie. <laughs> Pick up a sickle, Freddie. Join the revolution. I'm like, imagining having the same scene in 2019. <laughs> They'd be like, "What? Your boys out here like the government handle it?" And there's like kids on the street, God. like lying down to prove that the government does nothing. <laughs> Good lord, Freddy. But so then he, he's like, uh, yeah, the government will take care of it. They're like, uh, no, it's not. And then he's like, yeah, look at how, uh, how they're doing with other stuff. I mean, they're going to handle, the sisters talk about, like, education funding or whatever. And then he's like, yeah. Yeah, that's what they really want. But then he starts talking about, like, well, we have bigger things in, coming up on the horizon that we should worry about, like, avian <laughs> flu. <laughs> it's like, what? Which I honestly... <laughs> Pivot. And pivot and also like it's not even realistic because he says avian flu and he would have said bird flu he would not have said avian flu yeah. he's just dumb he's not gonna say bird flu he's gonna say avian not only it's just weird so then he starts talking about pigeons and fucking parrots <laughs> and I wish the, uh, maybe I'll at the end of the episode if I can cl- if I can clip it I'll just like drop yeah. him saying this like line because it is incomprehensible the, actually maybe the funniest joke besides the I don't know how he got right there. so like the to me the funniest joke I, I, the one you mentioned it's great the flautist and then I like the the bro the drill me bro but like the other one later on that actually kills me is when the sister comes back into the kitchen after that because it like cuts to him in the kitchen like oh what happened. <laughs> He he's sitting there like what like in that classic Freddie Prince Jr. like shocked like r- like re re litigating in his mind what just happened like why did I do that phase like that very like whoa like he has a very distinctive look. The sister comes in and she's like, "Are you okay?" The doctors thought you were having a stroke, which is so realistic. Because honestly, it's a dark joke, but like it it really it, is what it's it like. Does come in that close scene. to being like. These words do not fit together. Because then he starts talking about Indian, like, flu and then pandemics. And he makes this joke about out of the pandemic into the fire. <laughs> which is the colloquialism. Which, again, the, the black guy, again, like, is like, what are you talking about? Which is, he's not wrong, but also for an intellectual, he should know that, that colloquialism. So I think maybe he's just trying to give him a hard time after the- Well, no, he does know it, but he's like, that- actually is wrong the, the way, way you're using saying it. it. Yeah, agreed. And then, but also, like, he's trying to make it, like, he's thinking of, like, ingredients, and, like, that's part of the ingredient list. So, like, that's not part of the ingredient list. He didn't <laughs> memorize out of the pandemic and into the fire. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he did have a stroke. <laughs> but he says it. <laughs> and where it falls apart is when he says it. He says that. Like, he's already worked himself. I mean, honestly, the craziest part is he's talking about the pigeons fucking parrots before this, then it like further spirals into him talking out of the pandemic into the into the fire, and he like it's like a pin on his whole like diatribe about like the pigeons and dirty birds, <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, out of the pan, and they're all kind of looking at him like, wait, what? And he's like, 
Well, you know, out of the pandemic into the fire. And the doctor is like, the, the same dude, the black dude's like, what? And he like goes at him like, are you okay? And he's like a minute away from putting his hand on his head. Like, you have a fever. Like, you need bed rest again. Like, it is, he seems See, unwell. The show is actually, the show is actually good. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I am not right. But it's, it's, the thing is, as funny as it is to recap, in the moment, it's the least funny thing you've ever seen. You're like, yeah, in the moment, it's like, what am I watching? It's incomprehensible. It's, it's incomprehensible. Because he's talking about nonsense <laughs> about pandemics. This aired on television. <laughs> Honestly, I know he's supposed to be kind of doofy, but it just does not- I do not buy that you could be a head chef and not know what the avian flu is without memorizing stuff. But, whatever. But he gets to this point where he's saying stuff about the pandemics and into the fire, and the doctor's basically just like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, uh, uh, <laughs> and then it just, like, cuts <laughs> to him in the kitchen. Because, like, the littlest amount of back backpedaling, and he just- it all falls apart immediately. And the, the, they cut to everybody, like, looking at him like- what am I listening to? Like, are you okay? <laughs> That's why when the sister comes in to check on them and she's like, they thought you might have been having a stroke because it's like verbal aphasia at that point. <laughs> it's like, oh no. But then they make up, they bully each other some more and then basically they're just like, yeah, whatever. It was just like the whole point of the episode was just them. That's when it's very clear to me. Like he only literally was with this doctor to try and get to the sister, which is really weird. Like that's not a like, reason to like have an extended affair with someone, you know? It's a really weird dynamic that they have. Yeah, it, it genuinely, I know I jokingly said the Valmont of it all, but, like, <laughs> it comes across, like, you don't think I could bet her? I'll bet her. Fuck you. He goes sleeps with her? That's the whole point of the episode. It's all, like, them, like, like talking about the actual, like, logistics of it. Like, it's almost only about their conversations. The rest of his, like, talking to her is just him trying to, like, have ammo to go to their next conversation with. So the doctor's like an object in all of this, which is ironic because he treats her like an He's idiot. He's fucking the doctor to, to, to fuck his sister, right. which is Which is, insane. again, like very dangerous liaison. <laughs> which is it's... funny because literally his wife did this <laughs> with his ex-co-star. <laughs> his, 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 a more upsetting version of his wife's movie. Right, because they're like adults and should know better. <laughs> Not that I guess they're not adults in that movie. And they're related by blood as opposed to cruel intentions. Right. Oh, God. All right. So that's basically it. Honestly. He's pretty contrite at the end. I think I give him that. Like, he kind of is like, yeah, I get it. I'm, it wasn't a good fit for me, which is nice to see. Then he, well, well, no, he disappears out the back of the restaurant. Oh, yeah. But after all of it, she's like, you want to just go out the back door? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to duck mm -hmm. out here. I'm like... Okay. And the, the tag is he's still fucking her. Right. Like, back to fucking immediately. Which I'm not surprised by. Like, yeah. Yeah, because they were Good enjoying sex. having sex. That's a completely fine relationship. They're not, like, 80 years old. They don't need to be, like, considering how, like, loans and, and Micronesia are doing. Like, it's just really weird. Like, <laughs> like, they have these conversations where he's trying to be, like, smart. And it's like, these are boring conversations. And I've had, like, real stupid academic questions and, like conversations about like policy and stuff with people i've gotten into it people with that kind of stuff i'm like you know when you're literally dealing with the shit that we have to deal with every day you end up having conversations with people that are somewhat political or somewhat like world newsy and even if we do talk about it like i just i've never been in a situation where i'm like oh yeah i can't like 
swerve the conversation to be about something else and they would just be okay with it. Like, he could easily have just gone in there and talked about, like, so how is your, are you, are you from a big family? Yeah. Like, that's all you need to talk about these things. Like, no one talks about, like, world news. They talk about, like, how's Joan doing and how's your sister and stuff like that. Like, they're friends. They're all colleagues. You don't talk to your colleagues about your work all day. It's so boring to, to go to a work <coughs> event and then talk about work. You know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess some work maybe you would, but to me, a doctor is just not the type that's going to be like, yeah, let's talk about world news on the day that I'm going to eat free steak and and beer. They're going to want to talk about, like, fun shit. It's a free event. It's a fundraiser. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I wouldn't do well at these fundraisers. If this is what they're all like, they seem fucking boring as shit. (laughs) You'd think at least you could come up with, like, you know, an interesting... Hey, so have you guys tried this new little restaurant around the corner? They do a great, like, braised lamb. Because they start talking about, like, when he starts trying to memorize things in recipe format. And he says to him, like, well, how do you make a, I don't know what he says, something like braised lamb or some version of that. And he starts counting off the way that it's done. And you're like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's Like smart. a bolognese or something. Yeah, yeah, which is a basic, like, it's meat sauce. So, like, okay. And he goes, rant, like, ranting off about all the, like, things you do to it and, like, how to make it. And he's like, see, you can do this. You just memorize all the things, like, you do an, an ingredient list. I'm like, no, just talk about that. Like, you just sounded very intelligent just a second ago. But I guess it's kind of like you're saying, like, it's realistic if they're kind of dummies in, like, social ways. Maybe this is, like, how they think it applies. Instead of, like, talking about their actual passion, they think that they should just apply the same information into the way they say their passion instead of actually just talking about food. Who knows? Does he have no other interest? Like, he's a grown man. He doesn't like sports or, like, entertainment or something. He likes food. He likes TRL. TRL? I mean, he likes music. Like, they don't like any music that he likes? Like, I just... Although, I, I want to know what he voted for. Was it Nookie? It was definitely Nookie, wasn't it? <sighs> what year was this? Well, it, it must have been a while back, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was, like, a recent voting for a TRL. So, say it's, like, 2000, because he's still in culinary school, and they're, like, roommates, because he was there. So, like, 2000 hits, I would say it's got to be, like... Yeah, I think Nookie's a good choice. Or, like... Freak on a Leash. Oh, God. My God, you can! I think it was definitely a fuckboy anthem. Is <laughs> something? He... Yeah, yeah. They have a lot. I, I'm of, sorry, a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe he was in sync. Maybe he's he proved me wrong, and he he likes him in sync. Or it was like Adam's song, <laughs> something dark. Oh God, no! That is too. That's too dark for him. It would be like the Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang or something. Honestly, <laughs> yes. Or Stronger by Britney There it Spears is. Or something. Please, or Lucky. He wanted to hear Lucky again. <laughs> she's so lucky. But she's a star. She cries, cries, cries. He, probably, he found the depth in Lucky. Oh, That's what yeah, it was. Sure. All right. Well, do we have any other notes? That's basically it. It was all for naught because, like you said, they're back to screwing the next day in the, in the post credits. So. Yeah. It was all for nothing in there. It was. Oh, wait. He did it all for the Nookie. See? I was wrong. See? You're right. Oh God! All right. Well, I'm sad. Yeah, was- I'm sad because I really like him, and I would have liked this to be one of those like cute undiscovered gems, but it was very much not. And you think this is one of the worst shows we've ever done? For the um, audience. I wouldn't say that. I mean, like the worst shows in terms of expectations and reality. I usually go in with like lower expectations, and then there have been things that are genuinely far, far worse than this. 
I'm surprised you had high expectations for this. Well, I like him. I mean, I've liked a lot of dumb I shows of people I like. But the expectations, though, like, Freddy was, like, historically, like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I must have just blocked <laughs> that mean, out. I mean, it made more sense to exist than Emerald. Should, we should probably do ep- an episode That's of Emerald. That's a show? <laughs> you don't know NBC did Emerald. No! Oh, Lord, yes. no. Oh, my God. Well... Uh, yeah, it's gonna be better than Emerald. <laughs> I mean, like, what couldn't be yeah. better than Emerald? <laughs> they gave Emerald a sitcom. Why? Like, what happened? So maybe this is what I'm talking about. Like, when was Emerald? Was that the same time? I feel like... 2001. No, 2001. Whoa. It aired, like, two weeks after 9-11. What? <laughs> Never forget! Wow. Why did they try that? He wasn't even an actor. And they, they he started in it. Sherry Shepard and Carrie Preston were in the Who's cast. His wife? Let's see. I imagine he had a wife. I can't imagine they'd put him in a show and he's not like with a family. Uh, Mary Page Keller. Who is Mary Page Keller? She was in Johnny Tsunami. The mom? Is she Johnny's mom? <laughs> I don't know. I think she's Johnny's mom in Johnny Tsunami because it just says Melanie and she's in both movies. So she's probably Johnny Tsunami's mom. Yeah. Do you want to know other shows that uh, debuted uh, 2005, 2006 season? Uh, yes, please. Season? Uh, let's see. So, Freddy, uh, that debuted. What else? Really? Uh, Criminal Minds. So You Think You Can Dance? Which, wow, it's, I didn't realize like it's that old. Uh, Bones. That's crazy. America's Got Talent. Uh, South Beach, which we still have to do for the podcast. Uh, The Bedford Diaries, which we have done for the podcast, of course. Uh, let's see. Uh, Also, yeah, we mentioned Kitchen Confidential also this season. Uh, also this season, How I Met Your Mother. Right. Because I watched all Uh, of that. I watched, this is the, this is the season where I, this is the one of the first times when I started to get, like, oh, so-and-so has a new project, let me watch that project from start to finish. Because, like, I watched yeah. How I Met Your Mother first episode as it aired, like like premieres tonight, like literally that regularly from the start to the Which end. Which is kind of amazing, actually. Allison Hannigan and Nicholas Brendan both got sitcoms right off of Buffy, right. and they went head to head. And they were in the won. same time slot. She won handily, <laughs> and yeah, it sucks because Kitchen Confidential was so good. Right. Well, I'm glad he's not employed though. Um, but yeah, so this is. Maybe things could have turned around. Oh God, let's not go there. We're not blaming Kitchen Confidential for his gross demise. Uh, Emily's Reasons Why Not was also this season. All right. Uh, yeah. I think that's why uh, we discussed some see. of these before. Is that was the same season? Yeah. yeah what about Brian? Uh, let's see. Ghost Whisperer. Wow. The New Adventures of Old Christine. Uh, prison break. Yeah, that was that was the, that was the season where stuff was going down. I was watching everything. My name not. is Earl. Oh, God, ew. That means the rest of the development <laughs> was pretty. St- <laughs> That's why else that was probably the year before. <laughs> you always know because <laughs> of the my name. My name is Judge. <laughs> my name is Judge. Everyone, That's one of those jokes that like everyone's like, why is that even a joke? I'm like, well, if you were around this certain year, they did a lot of jokes about my name is Earl using a lot of magazine like autoplay yeah like, they're like what i'm like it was a really good joke so, at the time <laughs> right what, it's, uh, let's see um also pepper dennis uh, which we still need to do for the podcast uh, related uh supernatural 
Supernatural yeah. is started then is just going off the air now. Amazing. That is amazing. It really is. And uh, just looking at WB, uh, like not returning for like um, 2005, 2006 season from the previous season, uh, Grounded for Life, uh, Jack and Bobby, which oh. honestly, so Jack and Bobby and then Bradley went right to Kid Confidential. Right. And, and honestly, Jack and yeah. Bobby is one of those shows where, again, I've recommended to people watch it before, but it's such a like lightning in a bottle show of like a full cast of just what? We're on. never gonna do that episode unless we're like we love this show and it's yeah, great. Yeah, well, it's just and too Mad good. Men owns, Every episode's perfect. Mad Men owns fifty percent of its casting to Jack and Bobby. Right. Like honestly, that show is like if you watch every episode, every guest star practically is like a major hitter. It's crazy. Yeah, that show rules. Uh, yeah, Summerland that also didn't come back and the Mountain. Uh, the Mountain, our, our, our classic show coming up soon. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, so... We're back, baby! We're back, baby. <laughs> a bunch two, of hour, stuff. two hours talking about Freddy. Oh lord. Oh, it's, it's gonna be edited down. It has to be edited down. 20 minutes long. I know, right? Uh, so, stay tuned for some more. We have plenty of stuff in the hopper that we've... Um, we're gonna do some more recordings in the future, too. So if you have any other recommendations you'd like done, send them in. We have plenty of stuff we want to see, too. Uh, the ringer, or I keep saying the ringer. This is not a fucking it's just, like. It's just singular ringer. And I really want to do revenge. I really want to watch revenge, and I want to try and see if we can get Lisa or Jess on because I feel like they would uh, be the perfect people to talk about that with. Revenge. Someone was. I forgot we were talking about something, and someone mentioned the fact that like, uh, what's her name used to do like more dramatic roles, and like like mentioned revenge, and I was like. I remember how event TV the first episode that was, and I honestly think yeah, I stopped the whole first season. Like that whole. Well, first I think season, I stopped yeah, after so like five episodes for some reason because it had like some weird delay because it was so big. They were trying to like like drag it out and like make it last longer, and then I just fell off. And it was so important to follow the plot that I couldn't catch back up. And and then then it got to a point, especially towards the end, it's like she's doing all this, you know, to you know revenge for her her fallen father. It's like oh no. Her father was a piece of shit. Yeah, so that's why I think the problem was that I would probably have kept up with it if I had watched it, like, regularly and been, like, okay mm-hmm. with it, but because- Maybe that should be the show you, you watch next. That's what I mean. Uh, that's what I want to try and do. Yeah. But I th- I'll find out which episode is a good one to do, because I fell off of it for a while, and then mm-hmm. once I heard that it was, like, all weird towards the finale, I was like, oh, I don't need to go yeah. back to that. It sounds stupid. <laughs> so I never got back to it. I was like, that. But I know there's really good shit in the first season that I should just go back and mm-hmm. enjoy, because she's amazing. Like, if you remember, like, Emily Thorne was, like, a character in, like, in the pop culture lexicon. Yeah. No one's talking about Emily Thorne anymore. Which is crazy. I, just in general, ben, give Vanderkamp all the roles. She needs to do more work. Although, I, I know she's going to be in all the MCU stuff coming out on Disney+. Plus. But, but, like, they never actually gave her anything to do. Which I maybe she'll be better in, like, the Wanda and the Falcon shows. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. Oh, God. WandaVision I'm so excited for. Yeah. It sounds so insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I want I want to watch more revenge. I don't want to watch more stupid shit. I still have to figure out which episodes of Bones are the crazy ones at the end. That is a promise I will make. Uh, all of them? Yeah. Can we not? I, Can I be sick the, uh, during the Bones episode? I just want to watch the very last one, the one that's the crazy one, where everything goes crazy at the very end. There, all I remember is there were promos going on and people were sharing the promos and it was like the craziest shit I've ever seen. I guarantee it would be fun to watch. But I'll watch it first and make sure. I, that. Sh- that sounds like a lie to me. Right. I mean, it I is a lie. guarantee it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lie. I, I want to find out which one is the one that's the crazy one. I'll watch it. If it's good, then we can watch it. I don't want to make you watch that if it's not good. But 
I think maybe it's uh-huh. just the final season at some point, but basically it's just like it, it, something goes completely haywire and people go crazy and like everyone's there and like like sweets is back and fully like you know yeah i am the murderer <laughs> it's just like what I, it's, it makes I no sense <sighs> that is one of those things that i was i just want to talk about that for like 30 minutes honestly just like the fact that sweets became like fucking what's it G- G- gormagon or some shit is the stupidest uh, shit just, i hate the stupid name i'm never gonna actually learn what the name is <laughs> oh, i hate it all right, let's, let's let's wrap this up. Let's go on let's the plugs. Close up the plug bag. I'm 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 at Mari on Twitter. What's up with you lately? <laughs> I'm at Lefergs at Twitter, and you can buy my uh, book on women's wrestling and Encyclopedia of Women's Wrestling uh, wherever books are sold. Seriously. Awesome. Yeah, it's in. The, uh, check the links in the description. And you go right there and buy it. Boom. Um, as always, you can find us at the Televoid. Uh, on Twitter, you can email us at televoid.gmail.com. Find us on uh, the website, thetelevoid.com. And we'll be releasing some episodes that were originally uh, Patreon only on yes. the, the feed soon. So. so stay tuned for those, as, among others. There'll be plenty. Um, thanks Get ready again for, for House of Wax 2.0. That's you, cool. have to, you have to listen to that episode. It's so It's such a roller coaster. I don't really know where I'm at right now with this. It's still, it's a new, it's all new for me. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so you guys will really enjoy listening to that episode, especially if you remember listening to the original House of Wax episode, because I felt like I was going insane listening to the way that Mora took a 180, and she like, I have no recollection re- of it. <laughs> had no recollection of how much she slammed Jared Padalecki in the original episode. I apparently hated him from start to finish, but now I I think he's charming. <laughs> What what a, what a difference a year makes or some bullshit like that. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy that among others. Stay tuned for those on the feed. Um, and in the meantime, thanks again for wandering into the Teloid. See you next time. Bye. We're going to need way more doctors than teachers if that avian flu hits. I mean, out of the frying pandemic, into the fire. (laughs) Frying pandemic into the fire. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, I I think it stands on its own. Hmm? But your metaphor would imply there's something worse than pandemic. Look, we could go round and round about this, but I think the evidence is there. What evidence? (laughs) There's a lot of things that are worse. I mean, um, a, a parrot had it in England. That's worse. And then if the parrot does it with a pigeon. <laughs> and you know what dirty birds they are. I mean, they're gonna give that pigeon booty up to anybody. Look, I don't really have to connect the dots for you people. <laughs> <laughs>